on this episode of the Star Wars Time Show. Matt and Nick will drop some show news that will alter the destinies of everyone involved in the SWTS. But after that, it'll be Bad Batch S2E10 breakdown time. The dudes will also make their Mando S3 predictions in the hopes of earning more speculative glory from their tens of fans. John Favreau's latest comments on the longevity of the Mandoverse will also be dissected by our dim-witted duo. Of course, the show will end with the question of the week responses and the latest rounds of Star Wars fan artist features. Punch a chewy. Fuck, what button is it? Okay, here. Uh oh, we don't know the buttons anymore. What are the, what are the buttons here? Ah, what do the buttons shit. do? Uh, hey now, everybody. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Sorry. Oh, wow. Um, man, these intros are getting more and more special each week. I'll tell you what, but I, I just cracked myself up before we went live. We're, you know, we're, we're, we're sitting there. We're, we're spitballing the Star Wars time show. Dungeon, Dungeons and Dragons special that we've been working on. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into it here in a little bit. We got some updates for the community, for the fandos out there to, you know, maybe start getting a little excited. We're going to tease you a little bit. We, we had our first planning session last week with our other players, a.k.a. Sir Dork and at one six shooter things are taking shape stories are being written characters are being formed it's exciting but i i was <laughs> the reason i came in giggling like a little schoolgirls because i was talking to nick the character i pick let's just say is not a traditional humanoid yes. and uh galactic <laughs> basic is not their um their natural language and I was like, dude, how great would it be if I just talked in my character's native language the entire session <laughs> to where Jared, who's going to be, we're not going to tell you too much. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll lightly set up the story, but uh, Jared and I, we're, we're like a, a, a Han Solo and Chewbacca pair. We're, we're that type, scoundrels, smugglers, ne'er-do-wells, whatever you want to say. But I was like, Nick, what if I just speak in my native tongue the whole time? He's like, well, then Jared would essentially have to act his role and your role. I was like, yeah, man, just like Harrison Ford and Anthony Daniels. Why not? It would be hilarious to see me for two hours, three hours straight, however long these games are going to be, not speaking any English. But he shot that idea down. He knows better than me. He is a dungeon master. I'm a noob, so... Um, you know what, Nick? Before I get into my little detail, uh, little ditty on cocaine bear, ah, why, let, let's just let's just talk about it. So I, I kind of set it up. We had our meeting last week after the show with Trevor and Jared. Uh, you kind of guided us through that that pretty kick-ass little site you found, or or one of my students yeah, found, and we yeah. decided to use. Uh, but you you knew you knew how to use it. You knew how to guide us along, uh, mm -hmm. picking character uh, classes and and races. And uh, it, it, I, I've essentially learned, and I, this is going to sound really stupid to a lot of people because D and D's been around for decades. But it, it's it's fucking role playing. It's an RPG. 
Yes. In real life. Okay. Yeah. Like it took, it, it took me that while to figure it out, but I, I'm here. I got it. So Nick got us all doctored up and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm picking my class. I'm putting points in We're we're naming our characters. And then, you know, the day later, Nick's giving us uh, kind of prompts so we can fill in backstories, but I'll let Nick kind of describe where we're at in the future plans. Cause we have moved the goalposts in a good direction. We're, we're not yeah. moving it away from you all. It's actually getting closer. So planning is taking place. Uh, we're locking shit down. But since he's the dungeon master, I'm going to let him kind of take charge here. And, and I also don't want to spoil anything about the story <laughs> that young Nick is crafting. And, and I, I, I got to help a little bit. Yeah, but he came in with his big old EIC dick and was like, whack, 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 no, you idiot. That's not how you do this shit. So go ahead, Nick, set it up. Let let them know where we're at with the Star Wars Time Show D&D experiment and and what they have to look forward here in the near future. Yeah, so the the show itself is, we don't have a name for it yet, but it will be set in the Mandoverse timeline. Yeah. Um, that was chosen by our players. I let them choose the timeline that the game was set in. Um, and uh, they chose Mandoverse. So we're going to be in that kind of, we may not be right on top of everything that's happening with the Mando. You know, we, we're not gonna, uh, I don't want to say that there will be crossover with people <laughs> from the shows or anything like that but they, I tried we, people I tried to like link my character to like you know hey Mando we're as cool as you but Nick's like no you're 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 noobs yes. you're pieces of shit you got to earn your rep first I, I, you're not I, Din Djarin yet I will say that even <laughs> even early on in our story uh we will uh, at, at least hear the name of familiar characters that that you guys will know from go. Star Wars history um so we're we're going to have a, a party of 3 players uh, as as Matt mentioned, so it will be Matt, uh, Jared, uh, Sir Dork, and uh, Trevor, one six shooter. So those will be our three players. Um, we already, I have already completed uh, writing what I can, what I call, and what people who like do live stream games and stuff like this call a session zero, which is See, essentially. I told you he's an expert. <laughs> yes, uh, which is essentially. Um, a game that we will play off stream, but we will record it and uh, we will determine whether or not we release that to ev- for everybody else to see. A-, a session zero essentially allows the people who are playing the game together, so all of the players, to kind of establish their character dynamics, really kind of understand the vibe that, that they're going for and the other players are going for, form bonds, and, and really just kind of figure out how things work. Um, session zeros are really helpful, especially for new players, which we have two brand new players, Matt and Jared, uh, in this game. So having a session like that for them to just kind of get a handle on like how everything works functionally and then also get a handle on how they want to play their characters and how they want to interact with the world. Um, so we will have a session zero. I've already finished writing that we're, we're in this, the stage where we're going to schedule it soon. Um, and then after the session zero is finished, um, we may or may not release it. Um, that, you know, it also may be, oh, it, released. it's coming out unless we do shit. That's going to get us canceled. Yeah. Let's I mean, just it, put it that way. It also may be released <laughs> after we do our first live stream. Uh, it's, it's very go. possible. We're going to make you pay for it. We're, 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 we're finally getting the paywalls ready, yeah. right? Nick, that, that's what S zero is going to be paywalled. Hey, you, you want to know something funny to 
some of my favorite, like one of my favorite DMs that does stuff online, just launched a Patreon for a new project that he's doing with three of his, uh, his hey, look. players, player friends. Let's go. Let, let's, and let's compete. Let's they challenge got, them. They uh, got over 20,000 patrons in uh, less than well. a day. I don't so. think we're, I don't think we're, we'll, we'll get over 20 uh, yeah. if, if yeah. over two, but yeah, no. sweet. Um, but yeah, I mean, so, it's, so things are coming along. I already have, you know, the, the, the players have essentially given me their, their backgrounds that I asked for, which helps me to weave in things, uh, in the story about their background. Um, can and you make, tell them anything like like the the one planet we've discussed or who's linked up with who or is that all too uh, yeah revealing? no it's just, so I'll, I'll I will I will um, say the opening planet because this is something that people can just look up on on uh, on you know Star Wars wiki or whatever. And, and I will say when when Nick gave me this this planet name and kind of set it up I was like oh you watched Bad Batch episode 10 then didn't you? I had not <laughs> I had not I, just, I literally just finished watching Bad Batch episode 10. About 20 minutes ago. Um, yeah. But the, the planet that we are going to start on is called Bandamir. It is a it, it's a real I mean, it's a real planet in the Star Wars universe. You can look it up on Star Wars Wiki. Um, but that is where we will be starting. We're starting on Bandamir in the Mandoverse timeline. And that's all I really want to say. I want to save character reveals and everything like that for when the people who are playing the characters are here. And it, it's best to do that in the game. Because the way that intro that that I like to run intros in a game like this is very fun and interactive for the players. So I don't want to, you know, to go out and say like, well, Trevor's playing this guy and he's he's did this and this is his background and all this stuff. I I, I, I do want to have like because it's, I'm down. it's yeah, you gotta it, tease, man. You gotta tease. You gotta so, you gotta bring him here somehow. Yeah, so yes, we will be starting on Bandamir. It will be Mando verse timeline. We have three of our players. Um, and it, it, it will be a fun, uh, little adventure for sure. So, uh, for those of you who are interested in that, we will be probably hopefully filming our session zero within the next week or so. Um, and then after that, uh, we will, uh, figure out our live stream or if we, if we want to do pre-recorded and then release it on YouTube or live streams or however that works. And then you guys will be able to, to see our our galactic heroes for the first time uh shortly so uh that's yes. where we're sitting there it's 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 I been pretty wait. fun it's been pretty fun for me to to kind of get writing on this and i had something cooked up in my head and uh was able to kind of translate it really well given all the character choices Hell yeah. So, yeah i mean i'm 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 excited just to see where nick takes us to be honest with you i mean when when he when he kind of set the stage and was like listen this, i need a little bit of info from you and right there i was like okay I can see why people dig this shit because I was starting to write my own fucking stories, making myself a goddamn king. And he's like, no, 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 no. You're level guy. one. You, yeah, <laughs> you, you, are not, you are not a, quite a king yeah, you're yet. You're a peon, so. dude. You're you a are. peon. Okay. People. You're going to get used and abused until you earn your reputation. Then you might be able to hang out with the likes of Din, Han, Chewie, Dead Greedo, you name it. So right. I don't know. But I, I, I like... I, I almost want to get a costume. Like I, I really want to get method with my character. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I definitely, my, my physical traits sands a little bit of hair on my head definitely lines up with the character I chose. So we'll, we'll leave it at that. I think you'll be excited. I think you will be entertained. 
Uh, I know I'm fully committed to to going as method as I can without being a complete dickhead, mm-hmm. and uh, I think the other guys are too. I I know Trevor for sure is committed. I mean, this guy, he he dove in, he's researched, he he's he is his character already. He fucking 3D printed his character already. That's how engaged Here, he is. Uh, Maybe. Yeah, Trevor we need has... him to, to to make action figures for the rest of us. You what know, I what to... I what I do like, I don't want to put this out there to like you know be like, oh well, you guys should do this. But what I'm very interested to see is like once we actually start to release content and people are introduced to these characters, we have a very artistic bunch of followers. So yeah, if we, we get ever get trading cards of, made, posters, let's just, go. Just fan art in general, I think would be cool to see um, because <laughs> I mean. I think that hey, you guys Nick, have picked. If some- this is the thing that gets us to pop and takes us next level, <laughs> fuck the show. We're doing DND every week. All right, hey, I, that, that's I, it. Like, I, Trevor is not wrong. I'm surprised it took him this long. He's in the live stream chat. Which, if you want to join, two thirty p. <laughs> east every Tuesday, at least until this week. That's right. I forgot. We got a big announcements to make. Um, that's where you can find us. But he, he's saying Matt wants to be a Star Wars star. Yeah. That's the whole reason I've been doing this for, what, eight, five, six, seven years. That is 100% correct. I will not hide from it. We've got the little lady making the appearance today. We're talking about our, our Star Wars Dungeons & Dragons game we're going to play. What do you think? I'll tell you, I'll tell you my character when we get offline. I'm not allowed to talk about it now, <laughs> or Nick will, Nick will punch me in the face, okay? <laughs> Sound good? Yeah. Welcome home. Little one may be going to real work with daddy this week for the first time. You get to yeah. see me do a little presentation on AI and ethics. What do you think about that? Yes. My dumb ass can do real stuff too. How is that? <laughs> so uh, let, let's transition from AI and ethics to cocaine bear. That's right. right? They're, in the, they're in the same genre. Uh, and then we'll, we'll, we'll tell you our big show announcement after cocaine bear. Um, yeah, so Cocaine Bear, I mean, I think we talked about this a few months ago when the trailer came out, like, is this real? Yeah, it actually is. It's based on an actual real story where some dude fell out of a plane with a bag of cocaine and and a bear got into it. Now, obviously the, the movie that was directed by Elizabeth Banks and produced by, uh, what's his name? Uh, Miller and and Homeboy. Oh, Lord. 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 Yeah. Lord Miller. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it, it's a fantastical retelling of that true story, but it, it you know it's still set in the '80s and, and falls along with the whole drug theme. So you know when you first heard of Cocaine Bear or maybe saw the trailer, you were like, "What the fuck <laughs> is this? This is real? Like they're doing this? This someone actually paid money to shoot this?" And yeah, they did. And I will tell you, it's just as ridiculous as it looks and sounds. But that's kind <laughs> of the charm of it. It's one of those movies, Nick, it's definitely, I'd classify it as a B-movie, even though it knocked Ant-Man out of the top spot after only a week. That goes to show uh, Ant-Man didn't really get any word-of-mouth bump from week yeah. one. Um, but it is, it, it's it's got a B-movie feel, so it's not a, a great movie from start to finish at all. Um, there are times I was just like, all right, let's move things along. Am I supposed to give a shit about anything here? Is it all just kind of slapsticky, dry type of humor? And and that stuff works. The dry humor is great. There are moments where you're just like, what the fuck? Um, and this and really the standout performance to me, Nick, is Alden Ehrenreich, okay. aka Young Han, the guy that had his Star Wars career ripped from him because Bob Iger is an idiot. 
but I, I just once again, like I that that dude can act. Like he he played whatever the hell type of character he's playing. He's essentially a drug dealer's son who's going through a, a bout of depression. He he is probably the most interesting character in the movie. Act just a very uh, job well done uh, by Alden. Obviously the 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 gore and the action is is way over the top, and 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 the scenario in general is over the top. Even though it's loosely based on a real event, so I always like to go out and see what people are are saying about a movie after I've seen it. And uh, Rotten Tomatoes is bringing in right around a kind of a 70-70 split between audience and critics, which is weird. You, you almost never get that close of a split. Uh, it's almost, oh, you, you know what I mean, Nick? It's like when, it, when, it, when it's like a comic book movie or superhero movie, you can always expect a critical score to be quite low and the fan score to be quite yeah. high. Where if it's a movie like The Last Jedi where the crit- critics get it first, they're like, oh, this is a 98. Fans see it, they, they you know, they're coming in at like 60 or 70, something like that. Uh, but this one, pretty pretty even Steven is like 70, 75, and, and I'd have to agree. I, cocaine Bear, 7 out of 10. Y- you know, it's, it's a movie if you're a part of one of these clubs like A-List Plus or shit like that where you can see free movies throughout the week. Yeah, sure, go. Otherwise, it, you're, you're fine probably waiting for this to hit the streamers, and, and I'm sure it won't be too long. Uh, but it is, it is funny. It is completely fucking ridiculous, and uh, I would see a sequel if they do it. I'll leave it at that. So there is your <laughs> cocaine bear quickie review. Uh, there's probably other things to watch in the theaters right now. But like I said, if you need something to watch and you want to burn up one of your free movies, uh, you're not going to walk away disappointed. Yeah. Okay. So big time show announcement. All right. Yeah. Kevin's spot on like cocaine bear. He's saying in the chat, cocaine bear sounds like snakes on a plane. Ridiculous, but exactly what it claims to be. <laughs> Ergo awesome. Yeah. I mean that, that, that's kind of how it is. Like you, you're not going to go there and come out and be like, Holy shit, I need to see that again right away. But you're gonna be like, okay, this is silly. It knows it's silly, but it kind of works. So yeah. Good, good summary there, Kevin. All right, so on to the big show news. I kind of tease this in our Discord. If you want to join, it's open. Hit us on uh, Instagram at Star Wars Time Show. Use the bio link. Uh, but I teased in the in the Discord that uh, a big show announcement was coming this week, and you know some of you were went right to the negative Nancy approach and you're like, Nick's dead. It's like, no, Nick's not dead. Then it was Nick's quitting. I was like, no, I don't think he's quitting yet. And then I was like, I was just like, just wait. You know, this, I'm a master of the tease. At least I'll draw two people into the show to um, hear the final reveal. But here it is. Get ready. Fred, play the music. <laughs> I wish we had a Fred. That's, that's the one thing we are missing from the show is a fucking Fred. Board operator. If you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you've never listened to the greatest radio show of all time. Uh, but here we go. Here's the big announcement. Uh, this is probably maybe next week going to be our last Tuesday midday live stream for the time being reason for this schedule change. And no, the show's not going away. We, we need to figure out a new delivery schedule. And the reason for this is, uh, our friend young Nick is returning to the real world. Yeah. Yes, sadly, the young guy had to get himself a real job again after, uh, you know, some some things happened and and buying bigger houses and uh, clients this and clients that. But Nick is returning to the workforce, which means he can no longer play with me on a midday and Tuesday. 
So, uh, kind of what we're looking at moving forward. Next week, Nick's probably going to take a pass just to get a, a, a good feel for his new work life. What the schedule's going to be, what, it, what his meeting schedule's going to look like. Because the good thing is he's, he's still remote. Okay, he doesn't have to go to an office and, and, and shit like that. But there, there's a 98% chance that Tuesday middays are gone. So you, you got us this week. You'll have either a version of me and a co-host next week. And then the week after, hopefully we're back in our new time slot or at least starting to feel out time slots. You know, if I, if I could predict the future... I'm thinking we're either going to back to our original time, which were Tuesday evenings, you know, five, six East, or as Nick has been, you know, kind of kicking the tires on, we may shift things to Friday, uh, maybe even earlier than, than two 30. It really just depends on Nick's schedule when he needs to be on camera and meeting with his new coworkers. So that's the big news. I don't know. Like, listen, uh, I am a man of routine. Uh, I knew this was coming. It's not like Nick just fucking slapped me in the face last week. I mean, we've been talking about this, but you know, I, I'm 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 very routine oriented. So it, it's it, it's given me a little bit of heartburn. I've got a nice little life schedule right now that Nick and I have formed <laughs> over the past three years that I'm going to have to get my crusty OCD brain to give up. And, and we'll get there. Don't worry. I'll figure it out. Uh, but I, I, I just, I, I got, I got guardrails on my life right now. I, I, I like the way my life is managed and split between fake work, AKA star Wars time, real work, and then family time. So as long as I can maintain that balance, life will be good. And, and I'm sure we'll figure it out. But yes, the days of 2.30p midday Star Wars time show live streams are, are going to be coming to an end more than likely. Yeah. I mean, honestly, uh, so. <laughs> if if the show does move off of Tuesday, it would probably <laughs> only be beneficial for us because we we right now we're talking about shit that's a week old and, and the new stuff comes out tomorrow. So I don't know. We'll see what our schedule looks like. Um, there will be Star Wars time uh, uh into the future it will just be on a different day and time so we'll figure out what that looks like once i get a handle on my work schedule so yeah yeah so i mean naturally that that's gonna affect the the dungeons and dragons stuff but we'll, we'll get there we'll we'll try to be a little more forthcoming with with schedule changes and whatnot you, you'll figure it out at least those who give a shit not that there's many of you but yeah, so um, we, we may be going prime time or we may be shifting to uh, the best or one of the best days of the week. And that's that's Friday. That That's actually where we Genesis, right, my friend? It was Friday nights after happy hour when this guy, not not young Nick, was all lubed up on <laughs> essentially a half gallon or a gallon of Coors Light from B-Dubs. <laughs> I mean, if you guys ever you guys that like the crazy Matt and the angry guy. Go on over to um, Entertainment Buddha YouTube channel and, 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 and scope a few of the old shows when we did it on that network. Uh, that, that's probably a bad thing because I'm sure there's cancel, cancelable material in there for myself. But yeah, I used to do the show fairly lubed up, fairly lubed <laughs> up, like really lubed up. I mean, I'm talking coming off of happy hour, no joke, four or five, 22 ounce Coors Lights. Those are the days, man. My drinking's been cut big time since then. 
But yeah, so new things coming to Star Wars Time Show. Nick's not wrong. I mean, Tuesday middays is was never the, <laughs> in terms of getting the most eyes on a live stream, never a great idea. Although there are some of you that have kind of made yeah, it work, but we're, we'll either be going closer to evenings or, or, or Fridays. That's what it's looking yeah. like. Okay, so there you go. Everyone back off that ledge. Star Wars Time Show is still here. All right, my friend, let's go ahead and get into some of that Star Wars stuff. But before we get into uh, the Bad Batch, which, not going to lie, was rough. I mean, Nick more or less predicted this episode last week when he's like, I, I just want to move on from this yeah. shit. And, and he was <laughs> right. He was right. Okay. Uh, but real quick, I just want to remind everyone, don't forget, we, we do produce additional content. Not just the live stream or the podcast. Live stream Tuesdays, podcast comes out on Wednesdays. But if there's a new issue of Yoda, Star Wars, Vader, a Hidden Empire, we'll have quick cap and reviews coming up on youtube.com slash Star Wars Time Show. You know, I, I, I put up my little, uh, well, woe is me post on when we found out the Mandalorian season three runtime for the premiere, Nick, it's only 35 fucking minutes. That's credits included, right? Like that 35 minutes yeah, includes yeah, yeah. the credits. Right. So, I mean, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, quit being a little bitch, but a lot of people were being a bitch like me. And, and I just, I feel like when a show has been gone for over two years, book of Boba Fett bridge or not, you probably should give us at least 40 minutes of content just to really settle in with the people. Sure, if the story's tight and, and legit, runtime shouldn't matter. I get all that. But it's Mando. I want as much as my eyes and brain can take on day one. I think season two did it the best when they clocked in at like a 51-minute episode. Because, Nick, season one's premiere, the thing that kicked all of it off was only 38 yeah. minutes. So it's not like Mando's way out of scope uh, when we compare it to its previous two seasons. I was just expecting after a two plus year hiatus that we might have got something closer to an actual hour long TV show. Now, not an hour. I'm talking, you know, 45 minutes, 43 minutes, something like that. <sighs> yeah, I mean, it's it's because, yeah, I, I mean, I'm disappointing uh, for sure, especially considering what we know is to come in this season. Like this is going to be, I mean, let's be real. It's going to be potentially the biggest season that they've had so far. I mean, Oh, hundred yeah. percent, man. You're right. Because we're, we're no longer, it's no longer cub and scout, get him to his family. It's we're a family now and we need to figure out our fucking Mandalorian culture shit. Yeah. So it, it, we're going, it, it's a, it's a full on turning of the page in the Mando verse. No longer are we fucking around with, Oh, we got to protect the kid and get him somewhere. It's all right. I fucked up. I need to atone for my sins while also teaching you to be more of a mang because I'm telling you, Grogu is becoming the next Mando Jedi. We're going to talk about some of this stuff. We got some predictions. Last week we did Mando season three once. You know, that's what we wanted to see. Now we're going to tell you what you're going to fucking see. All right. So we got that coming up too. But don't forget, don't forget about our content out there on YouTube, mostly shorts. So your little brains can handle the unproduced one minute runtime content. All right, dude. Bad batch. Here we go. Okay. Uh, I was <laughs> here, lamenting in, in, in Discord. I was. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was lamenting to you before we went live. I was like, man, I really wish we got this episode this week. 
That way I could completely forget about it and just move on to my coverage of the Mandalorian S3E1, but such is life. Knowing my luck, I have a feeling episode 11 of The Bad Batch is probably going to be groundbreaking, if not canon busting. That's just how my life and luck works, (laughs) but we'll see. So anyways, Bad Batch S2E10, here we go, the SWTS deep dive breakdown. It was called Retrieval. And, um, you know, since I'm, I'm rambling here, I guess I'll just start with my mini review here, Nick. But, uh, you know, quite frankly, this is the first time this season that I, at the end of it, I was just like, fuck, that was as mundane as it gets. I'm still not going to call it filler. Little shit did happen, right? They did get their shit back. They did. They, they're getting even closer to figuring out that there's little empires all over the place and they can help. But my God, was it just blah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't like any of the new characters. I didn't like Benny. Fuck Benny. He's a, he's a dickhead. I didn't like the Mako. I didn't like the mine. I didn't like the visuals. I, it just, I mean, come on. It, it, you know me, I'm Mr. Fucking Positive about Star Wars to a fault. Like I, I'm probably, you know, criticized as being a Kool-Aid drinker and that's okay. I mean, I will give my critiques, but for the most part, new Star Wars is always going to be entertaining to me. I'm going to derive some form of enjoyment out of it. And I got a little bit out of this episode, Nick, but um, it, it's, in my opinion, one of the biggest stinkers out of the first two seasons. Yeah, I mean, I said before we went live, when we were just kind of chilling out uh, before we hit the stream button, I was like, I, I paid so little attention to this particular episode that I could barely tell you anything that happened. And the funny thing is, is that like there was so little that happened that it doesn't matter. <laughs> like it was it, it was an ultra self-contained episode that was literally like and, and here's what I'll say, too, is like, we, you know, we are adults, you know, the, the people listening to this show more than likely uh, in, in towards your adult age. And I consider I play one on. Yeah, TV, <laughs> you know, least. you know, I consider adult to be anything in the 20 20 year old plus range, even 18. If you go down that low, um, we're all adults here. Uh, this show is for children and we forget that sometimes, you know, like especially the animated shows are, are made for kids. I mean, one of the main characters in this show is what? 11 years old. (laughs) Like, uh, you know, something like that. Uh, and this was this two episode arc was 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 a was an episode was an episodic arc that was built as a way to tell a a little like tale for children to give them a life lesson. Family and home is important, and and you should always fight for your family and for your home. And that's what this this episode was about. And it, you know. It just wasn't, it wasn't made for adults. This, this, this episodic arc was made for children. In fact, it was made for children so much that almost all of the other characters in this episode were children. Like it, you know, so it's literally about kids being enslaved by an adult, which is a theme that you've seen over and over again in children's television, whether it be uh, boarding schools like in Matilda or, or, you know, straight up like indentured servitude like we have in this episode, but it's a very common theme in children's television and media. Um, so it, it was what it was. Like we said, there, there was almost no furthering of the overall plot line. It was basically just like get our home back and then, uh, you know, 
They're bad people are out there. That that's kind of what it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the screenshot I, I have up. I mean, right at the end, like I said, you get a little bit of of I guess increased character development when when uh, Omega's like, man, there's a lot of fucking bad out there. But Tech's like, yeah, but there's a lot of people like us. And, you know, yeah, you could be like, hey, hey, they're they're getting there. They're they're really on that precipice of falling over and realizing that they need to commit their their themselves and their skill sets to fighting back against the empire itself. And as I called when I summarized this episode, tiny empires like Mako created here. Uh, But outside of that, I I mean, just I'm sorry, I I, still not going to call it filler, but it was just beyond mundane. Uh, when it got to the end, I just went, fuck. Yeah, it was. Okay. That, that arcs over. That's good. We know, we know we're an episode or two away from the, the banger that D Bradley Baker teased with crosshair. And quite frankly, looking at the rest of the episode titles, I, I I do think the final six episodes of the bad batch are going to be quite fantastic with the two part finale being very irrelevatory especially in terms of what's going on at at Tantus, I believe is what it's called. I always like to call it Cantus, but I think that's a bad guy from Gears yeah, of War. Yeah, Tantus is the um, is the cloning mountain Mount Tantus. Okay, yeah. So, I, I we are going to get meat and by the end of the season everyone's going to be like, "Oh yeah, bad batch, hook the sub. Wow, we got all that stuff. Trust me on that. It's going to happen." But Nick made good points, and I, I've tried to bring this up throughout the season. You, you still got to remember, it is a cartoon, and we all forget that the Clone Wars itself suffered from shit like this, mm-hmm. okay? And, and sometimes in the Clone Wars, they wouldn't just be a, a two-episode arc of, of mundaneness. It would be three, four, sometimes even more, split across seasons. So it's all right. Don't give up. Don't get angry. Nick is 100% correct. This episode in particular was laser focused on little kids' brains to let them know how to be righteous in the face of evil. Bad people. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it, it was it was rough getting those back to back where really not much happened at all. I mean, between the two episodes, there was zero Star Wars references. You know, last week I you know i hung myself out there i was like oh yeah there's like a lion king similarity (laughs) and then this week there was absolutely nothing i mean because you're stuck in a fucking you're stuck in a mine the whole time like you're underground you're in a you know and also like you're dealing with shit that's just so like we got to go get our shit back they didn't even leave the planet they're still on the same fucking planet like once it once I realized I was like, oh, this person didn't even take this ship off world. Like they're still gonna be here. I was like, I am I let me address some emails that I have. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why when Nick sent me the the Wookipedia yeah. to Bandamir, I was like, I was like, you fucking just watched Bad Batch, didn't you? He's like, no. I was like, all right, I won't get into it. But if you read Bandamir, it's like an old mining planet yeah. run down it, it and shit. Is. Like, wow, it, it, it's fucking Bad Batch episode. And 10. I will say, like, one of the one of the reasons that I chose Bandamir as a starting planet um, is because that I had written Bandamir into a Star Wars story that I was writing like a long time ago, like ten, well, you know, ten, twelve years Got ago it. or something like that. So it was a it was a planet that I was already 
familiar with in terms of like a storytelling context. So I knew that already. And also just for like a little bit of like behind the scenes for like RPG, like tabletop RPG style stuff, especially from like a storytelling perspective. Um, you always want to start off in a place that's like you have you have no reason to be here or like you're you're only here for a limited amount of time before you expand right. your horizons and and bandemir yeah i mean dude that's why it, it reminded me 100 percent of this yeah. episode because it's same scenario for the bad batch like they're stranded there they don't want to be there they don't need to be there it's a shithole yeah. and that that's where that's where our story is starting on a, on shit a shithole hole. and then you Jared you and jump I, from I can't, I can't wait one shithole to a shithole that's slightly better to another and then hole. you go to a, a <laughs> then you're at like maybe this next planet isn't a shithole maybe it's kind of nice <laughs> then you work your way up damn <laughs> Yeah. See, I got I got to figure out like are Jared and I or, is Jared's character my character? Are we so low class that we wouldn't even be allowed entry into Garza Garza Fwip's place <laughs> in Mos Espa? Oh, like would she let us in? Would she recognize us or we're, we're even lower than that? So, I mean, that's so I will say, I mean, and I'll say this cuz and I'll say this for all of all of you we're, the, the session zero is starting at level one. So you have to figure that as, as Oof. a level one character, would anybody of note know you other than the two yeah, that probably, probably other not. than the two that I kind of like <laughs> let you have from your, from your yeah. description. Right. Um, I gave, so like, yeah, yeah. The, the best part is I was like, Oh yeah, these people are going to help us. Nick's like, they're not going to help you. They're going to use yeah, it's you because like, you're shithead. I was like, I will, I will allow you the connection, uh, but <laughs> you're not going to be like, yeah. Oh yeah. We were like fighting with them and we were doing all like we were hanging with these guys. Yeah. And I was like, we'll change nah, it a little bit. They're using, we're getting scammed <laughs> by some scammers well, essentially. Uh, but yeah, I mean, oh, I think, man. I think okay. that that's kind of like the journey of our story in the beginning is like for, for, for you guys, especially. And I, and I really do want like you and Jared to kind of like cook up a dynamic between you two. I mean, like talk and, and figure out what your dynamic is. But like essentially like a, like one of the storylines for your two characters is going to be, you know, building your reputation, becoming notable people in the galaxy, especially in the smuggling underworld. So you can start to make more money, get more jobs, get more opportunities and stuff like that. And then so like from your character's perspectives, that's what you're trying to do. And then obviously, as we weave the tale and, and Trevor's character comes in and those two uh, those two storylines intermix and, and the purposes of your group begin to intertwine, then you you and Jared can kind of reassess what your goal is in the galaxy. And that's what makes Got this you. very Got interesting. You. Jared, I'm telling you right now, I'm the boss, okay? <laughs> I will be the boss <laughs> of our pairing. Uh, all right, so we got some good stuff here in the live stream chat. Was Mako or Stromboli the same breed as the water bread giver in TFA? I do not think Mako is the same as Unkar Plot. Uh, he does look noticeably different. Yeah. And and I really, I, I haven't seen a Mako type in Star Wars previously. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. That was definitely like a... a um a new species or a new like sub, sub race of yeah. the species or something like that. Un Unkar Plot is a is a what is he he's a crow loot crow loot um they don't have ears so like that's i mean like there is some similarity in in terms of like how huge the nose is but like uh 
uh, crewloats do not have ears and they look like fish, almost like blobfish. Yeah, I don't know what this guy is. Let's see yeah, if they yeah. have his stuff on there. Mako Star Wars. See if he's even up there yet. Yeah, they'll, they'll have him on, on Wookiee. Oh, the, the Mako that they're showing me immediately from Star Wars Wiki is the Mako from Star Wars The Old Republic. I completely forgot about that. She's one of your like character companions. Uh, it's This guy is M-O-K-K-O, M-O-K-K-O. I believe is what I hear. Yeah, M-O-K-K-O is how they had it. Uh, okay. I just I had to get in there real quick and uh, moderate the, the, oh, the no. chat. Jared let loose my my species. Oh yeah, real yeah, quick. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Jared was not here for the beginning. We're, we're, uh, we we didn't reveal yeah. any. I, I got him. I we got didn't it. reveal any species or any character names yet. I did reveal the time period and the planet that we're starting on. <laughs> but we're gonna let I'm gonna let it's you guys good. do your your species and character reveals once we get in game. Um, yeah. It doesn't say what Mako's. Um, no, his right. species is very interesting. He's literally on the wiki, but he does not have a species attached. Yeah, to him. so so so, dude, if it's on Wookie and they don't have anything, like then then it's like I said, it's yeah. new. So I'll take it. Uh, and then yeah, here John Johnny's saying, "Damn, I should have held off getting the Benny neck tattoo." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, ben, Benny Blades or whatever his name was, he had that those two bars on his throat. I like it. Um, yeah, so anyways, let's get back to Bad Batch. Not that we're going to dedicate much more time to this. There were no references, no real Easter eggs of note. Uh, but, you know, for the sake of being a good sport, I definitely uh, made up two top moments. <laughs> and by making up, I just like, fuck, I might as well just, just say, pick anything and talk say, about so, it. Say so, something was good. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I am someone that likes to watch shitheads feel like shit for being shitty. How's, how's that for an English that's sentence? A good one. Does that that's make a good sense? One. The, the, yeah. Okay. And, <laughs> and that's Benny, right? Benny was a shithead. He stole their ship. Okay. Which is a shitty thing to do. And then after he sold out Omega and the team, he felt like shit. So he's a shithead that did something shitty but then ended up feeling like shit. And I, I like that story trope. I like when people realize that they're scumbags, that they fucked up, and that they need to make amends. So uh, in particular, when, when Benny and Omega are in that control tower, uh, I mean, fuck, she's feeding them and, and, and just being Omega, you know, a, a caring young teen girl. And he still, because of, of Mako's gaslighting, he, he, he still can't help himself. He feels like if he rats them out, that he's going to get the top spot and, you know, become the right-hand man. So he does it because he's a piece of shit. But you, you can see, and that, that's where, I mean, if, if we can talk anything in a extreme positive light about this episode, I mean, once again, the animation this season of, of Bad Batch is the best we've seen in any Star Wars animation. Yeah. And they did, they in particular, Nick, they did a great job in in just portraying Benny feeling like a dick after he ratted out Omega and Mako came and got her to the point you're like all right he he's probably going to redeem himself so for this episode i i did enjoy that moment i considered it one of the the standout moments we we really got to see this Benny character feel a little bit of pain for something he did and i derive enjoyment out of that i mean it's good for kids to know Uh, that when you do bad things you feel bad you feel bad when you do bad 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and, and then the next one, since, like I said, we got to do this. I, I did appreciate Omega's trust fall. I, I think it showed a few things. A, it showed how badass she already is as a teen. And I, I do think, Nick, she's probably about 14. Because she would have been 10 at the start of the Clone Wars. Three years of yeah. Clone Wars puts her at 13. And then if we are a year beyond the, the fall of the Republic. So, she, she's in that teenage phase. But like I said, the, her trust fall just, just shows how confident she has become in herself. It shows how much she trusts her brothers. And it just looked fucking cool, you know, where, where you know, she uh, maneuvered herself in position to willingly throw herself off this platform to get rid of the robot attacker. And, you know, without flinching, Hunter was in step with her, knew exactly what she was thinking without her saying, hey, Hunter, catch me. <laughs> it's almost like they, they, they share a force connection through their clone juice and I just love the determination of her, of writing herself, reaching out like Superwoman and grabbing Dad Hunter's hands for the save. Uh, so if anything, visually it looked cool, but narratively it just shows how much Omega has gone from I always need saved in season one to I'm a legitimate member of this team. I can take care of myself. I am confident. I am brave. I am courageous because I know I can trust these other dudes to have my back so there two top there you go there you go i mean yeah i think that um for me definitely the the final moments of seeing mako get his comeuppance was very nice especially because they allowed the kids to do it you know it would have been easy for like the batch to run in blast this guy and be like hey you guys are free now go ahead and, and 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 be free um, but they allowed the the kids who were essentially slaves under Mako to, you know, to dispatch uh, of him on their own. So that was cool. Um, definitely some growth moments from uh, Omega in the episode, uh, which is just helping. Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up. If you think about it, you essentially had adults in the room condone murder, yeah. like actually <laughs> promote it. Like, yeah, go ahead. Hey, we... We shot his droids. Now you guys go ahead and yeah. kill him because it's what you want. <laughs> and the funny thing, why and, and like they like I will say that the writers did it in a good way, where like the kids didn't actually kill him; like they were just closing. And then yeah, he, he starts swinging he around kills wildly. Himself. He, yeah, yeah, he kills himself. Right. <laughs> like, uh, but I mean, you you have adults technically technically adults in the room sanctioning murder like group gang yeah murder. yeah it's like hey so. but hey that guy was a piece of shit and you know there's <laughs> there's a lot of those out there in the outer room of the galaxy uh especially at the time period that we're at now with you know the 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 destruction of the galactic republic the the formation of the galactic empire um especially in outer rim worlds i mean in outer rim worlds oh, even yeah. early in the, like especially early in the imperial days like the empire didn't want to fuck around with the outer rim they were like look it's dude no one does yeah. i mean why why do you think the mandoverse it's a little wild west out there because even the new republic they yeah. don't have the resources to they 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 send fucking tiva and and wolf out there that's it two dudes in an x-wing that's right that's oh, yeah you get you guys take care of the outer rim no no problem you got two fucking uh, X-Wings, that's all you need. No, have have yeah. fun. Good so, luck. Uh, Just watch out for Gideon's cruiser coming through and zapping. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's why uh, that's why you have shit like that happening in the Outer Rim because you have no policing. It, it's essentially 
been yeah. left to whoever the fuck's out there to to police and to. Well, to I mean, that's what that, that's why the empire essentially had a an under the table or a, you know we're not going to speak about a publicly deal with the yeah, cartels, with the head cartels and all the. They're, they're like, all right, you 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 guys, you gangsters, you you deal with the outer rim shit. As long as you don't fuck with us, you guys keep your little fiefdoms and and whatnot. Um, damn it. I had a thought. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you do, you do make up the point and you know, let's try to squeeze a little more juice out of this mundane episode, but it's, it, it's experiences like this for the bad batch where, you know, one after the other, they get closer and closer to realizing like, holy shit, there is because of the fall of the Republic, we're going to have these little tiny empires popping up all over the galaxy with guys like Mako taking advantage of those, uh, that don't have the, the the same means and ability to take care of themselves. So uh, you would think after this one, moving into 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, <laughs> that, that they're, they're kind of snowballing towards fully entering the fray at this point. Yeah, I, I would hope so at the very least. I mean, they... You know. Yeah, please. <laughs> we, we, we can't have any more fucking bullshit missions and, and treasure hunts. Like, like come on. I, I, I know tomorrow may not be the crosshair one. That may actually be legitimately 12. I know D just said the, you know, three quarters of the way through, which we're right there at 11 and 12. Uh, but I, I, I do have a feeling that... This was the last of the missiony the, the side mission, uh, spelunky, yeah, the side yeah, yeah side quest type of right. shit. Yeah, the, the Bad Batch has been too much like me in Hogwarts Legacy, where I can't for the life of me stick to the main quest. Yeah. I have to keep bouncing off doing stupid shit. Like last night, I found myself for thirty minutes collecting beasts taking him to the room of requirement and then petting them and feeding them like, like a kibble and bits. (laughs) I haven't even, and and that was, I have, that was somewhat fun. I haven't even gotten (laughs) to the point to where I can collect beasts yet. I'm like level 22 in that game. Dude, (laughs) you, I'll tell you right now, you're, you're doing exactly what I did. And I kind of regret it because you're, you're doing shit on your own where you probably don't have abilities where you could start doing even more. Where if you just do a few main quests, then, oh, yeah, when you're fucking around the woods, now you can collect beasts. Or, oh, yeah, when you're fucking, you can do this. So I, I do recommend trying a few more yeah. main quests to unlock a few spells and abilities and then get back on the ADD oh, yeah. train. I, I, that's my uh, plan now because I've I've literally gotten to the point to where one of the side missions is like, it's it's one of the side missions to unlock a spell and I need a large potting station and I don't even have access to that yet. And I'm like, oh, well. Yeah, you you, you probably don't even have the rumor requirement I just, yet. Like you I probably just haven't got, got to that. I just got okay. it. Okay, yeah. So. All right. It is a game. Like, I, I, I'm still not bored with it. it I, I still find myself getting immersed. There are times where I, I get bored, like, especially if I go on a mission. Like, yeah, hey, fuck. I, I like just going wherever i feel like it you know i'll get on my broom and fly around if i see red red triangles I'll, I'll dive in and fucking kill people and see if there's other random shit to pick up i'll jump back on my broom and zip yeah, off dude it's so fun. Uh, but sometimes on main quest i'm like I'll, I'll find myself nodding off later in the in the <laughs> evening but yeah i mean it's I it's know. a really fun it, it's very reminiscent to me of like old assassin's creed games yeah, you sure. Know. Yeah. Cause I just like, I was flying around on my broom and I was like, Oh, what's that? And I went down and it was like a whole, it was like a, like a, like a hideout for dark wizards. And I just fucking wiped exactly. them out. And I was like, Oh yeah. Right. Right. 
Feels good. It, it could have been. It, it may be like a mission, but you're just like, fuck it. I'm dropping in right now. I'm going to blow these these assholes yeah, that's up. Right. <laughs> that's it really is like if you're someone that that struggles with games like this of staying on track, uh, Hogwarts Legacy, you're either going to love it or hate it because it's, it's very hard to just commit to one thing. Because even when I commit to something, I'll, I'll pop out into the world and be like, ooh, look, there's other markers on the map. Like, ooh, <laughs> just veering off right or left, oh, like, yeah. fuck the main oh, quest. Yeah. Okay, so there you go. That That's our Bad Batch S2 E10 deep dive breakdown. In, in terms of predictions for tomorrow, I need to see the title. Bad Batch Season 2. Uh, season 2 episode titles. How's that? Because, you know, we we don't want to leave you. We don't want to leave you feeling shortchanged. All right, I'm almost there, everyone. Chill out. <laughs> okay, Met- Metamorphosis okay. is tomorrow. That sounds like it would be and an then, important and then, episode. Yeah, so we got Metamorphosis and then The Outpost, and one of these two has to be the Crosshair standalone. Stand out. Yeah, stand out tomorrow. That D. Bradley Baker teased. Yeah, Metamorphosis, I don't know, man. That one kind of, I agree with you, but I think it could also go completely the other end. It, it could be another bullshit mission about an alien that's going through a literal metamorphosis. You are right. And they have to like protect it. <laughs> you know what I mean? You are um, right. Or it could be, is, is this a metamorphosis for the Bad Batch and in, in getting into the fray? Is a metamorphosis for Crosshair and him realizing, oh shit. Because, you know, one thing we, we didn't really discuss after truth and consequences is where is rampart truly gone or was that just part of the ruse and he's going to show up a, a commanding in another part of the galaxy or did palpatine truly commit to him taking the fall either way that was crosshair's guy for lack of a a better description like that's the only person crosshair interacted with that's who gave crosshair missions that's who crosshair would meet with it's really the only person in that facility that would talk to crosshair as we saw in episode three clones don't want to talk to him they don't give a shit he just sits in his prison cell all by himself so you know what if, if rampart's truly off the map nick what the hell is crosshair doing at this point in time you know what I mean? Like, what is he? Yeah, I mean, I think at this point in time, is is that enough for him to question? Like, well, they 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 just fucking got rid of him for doing what they told him to do. It, what's going on? Why am I following these orders? Yeah, I mean, I think that the last time we, I think it was during Truth and Consequence that I mentioned, like now that you know, literally the clones and Rampart have essentially been decommissioned, at least in terms of a public facing thing for Rampart have been decommissioned for following orders. Like that should make Crosshair question everything that he's done up to this point. You would hope so. Um, Yeah, you would hope in terms of Rampart himself. I do think that that was all a very, very much like a pomp and circumstance type of thing where, where, you know, okay. Palpatine makes a show of like, look, we're we're putting the bad guys behind bars. We're doing what's right. We we thank you for snuffing out what has happened. You know, like literally using what the uh, you know what was the uh, General Chuchi or not General Senator Chuchi, like all the work that yeah. she did to expose this huge piece of corruption, and then for Palpatine to literally take it and say thank you, thank you for showing us this. We're going to do the right thing by imprisoning uh, 
Admiral Rampart, have him taken away in public, you know, like the, the have him literally handcuffed and escorted out oh, of yeah. the chambers. And then, uh, but obviously we know that there are machinations behind the, uh, you know, behind the curtain that, that will probably put Rampart right back to work in a less visible uh, station. Yeah, I, I've just I've just wondered because I, I I do think the same rules apply in animation. Like if you truly don't see a character die die, then they're they're they still exist and there's still potential for them to contribute. Uh, but yeah, I like a uh, Yang uh, in here. Meta orifice. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Meta orifice. That, that could be a good band. Yeah, name. it could be. Speaking of bands, I've I've dusted off after. Over you know, fifteen plus years to the guitar. Oh, nice! And I can say, I still am terrible, and I don't know how anyone fucking gets good at playing that instrument. <laughs> uh, but it, it it's been a fun challenge. I, I you know when I when I first started trying to teach myself, it was back pre tablets. I mean, it, it would have been like oh seven oh eight. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I was just buying books and like flipping through books and like, oh, that's okay. You got to do scales. You got there a chord, a minor, C, D, O, G. But now, dude, I mean, with tablets, there, there's, it, there's almost too many yeah. guitar training apps. And I found some of them like musician are almost like a rock band. Yeah, that's, and I feel like that. That's kind of where I'm drawn to. Like, I, I don't want to learn music theory. I just want to be able to sit there and maybe one or two string play songs that someone goes like, oh, I, I think I know what that yeah. is. You know what like, I mean? I know like, that I'm there, not looking to become. There was a game for Xbox One that literally, the, it came with a controller attachment that you could plug in a real guitar to it and it would play okay. through songs like Guitar Hero or like Rock Band where it like tells you the strings to hit and where to hit it and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, I I've, I've been dabbling. I haven't committed yet, and, and I am going to buy it because I know if I buy, it, it's just going to force me to at least stick to like a ten minute practice routine a day, which is fine. Because you know, I, I was sitting there going like, oh, I don't practice guitar, fuck, I, I got this, and, and I'd be sitting there, I'm like, yo, you sit there and you talk about it, you got shit to do, and and here you are on your phone doom scrolling through shit. Like, why not? Why not use that fucking time to do something productive that could yield something cool after a few years? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I think a lot of us are in this goddamn rut with these fucking phones and tablets of, I need to be, I need it with me. I need to be looking at it every hour, every minute. And, and you're, you're, you're losing so much fucking time. So much time to do something productive versus scrolling through and worrying about your likes or getting into a, a, a real rotation or a, you know, a TikTok scroll. It happens. I mean, I, I just, before the show, I'm up there on the pot, like I got to get ready and I get fucking lost in a goddamn real scroll through. <laughs> just stupid shit. Like, oh, half naked women. Oh, half naked women. Oh, a, a, a street fight. Oh, a car accident. And you just keep going because these people have gotten so well at coding these algorithms <laughs> to control our brains and be like, Ugh. so when I'm sitting there bitching about, or, or, you know, a lot of times I'll hear people, I don't have time to work out. Oh, but you have five hours a day to put on your fucking phone? Think about it. Like, turn on your screen time on your phone and evaluate it at the end of every day. And then sit there and try to tell people that you don't have free time. We lose so much time to these things. So I, I'm trying to get better at put the fucking thing down and try to do something productive. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh. Hogwarts Legacy even. I know, you know, people will be like, oh, that's a video. It's still better than sitting on fucking social media. 
At least I'm not rotting my brain, getting angry at fellow men, friends. That's all this stuff does now. I go on social media and I start like, man, my, I fucking, this fucking idiot friend of mine, why the fuck does he think this way? And you know, everyone, you all have someone in your life that you feel the same way about. That shit ain't good. I, I want to get back to actually being productive and, 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 you know, not making myself a better person. But if I'm willing to waste four hours a day on my phone, I should at least be willing to waste 15 minutes a day trying to learn uh, an instrument or a new skill like, like, like painting or Dungeons and Dragons, for Christ's sake. There you go. There's your PSA <laughs> for this show. Here's Connor preach. I had to delete Twitter because of the doom scrolling addiction. It is, you know, I, Nick, I was about to bitch to you, but I honestly think it's a godsend. I just got noticed at Hootsuite probably because of, you know, Lord genius Musk and his fucking appy charges. There, there's no longer going to be free Hootsuite access. Hootsuite I've been using for 13 years. It's a fantastic social media aggregator. Uh, I, I mean, that's why I'm so in the know about pop culture and, and really any bits of news. I, I am a very cultured motherfucker beyond Star Wars. I can talk to anyone about pretty much anything. I am well read, even if I don't sound like it a lot of the time. And that's because of this aggregator. But, Nick, the aggregator in the same light can get me going. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, this fucking idiot said this today. Let me click on it. I'm just getting angry. And I'm like, well, if Hootsuite's taken away, you know what? That's one less thing. For I might miss thing. out. Yeah, I might miss out on some cool movie announcements or a Star Wars announcement because I don't have my, my feeds anymore. But I'm not going to be getting angry. and I'm not going to be wasting time just scrolling through to scroll through. Fuck. <laughs> Yeah, everyone should get rid of Facebook. Like, if anyone actively monitors Facebook, you have a problem. The only reason I have is because it's so hooked in the fucking Instagram. I'm afraid, like, if I move one thing, this thing's going to break or that. But I haven't, I haven't posted shit on Facebook in years. Fuck that place. All right, let's move on. So, yeah, met metamorphosis, metamorphosis or metaorphis. <laughs> You know what? I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's going to be another bullshit type of episode. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's so hard to track at this time because, I mean, it's like at this time, we've had two episodes in a row that were, that were just like self-contained little stories for Omega and for children. And, and before that, like we, we had a couple, we had a run of stuff that was decent yeah, it's hard to tell. Like, I don't know what, what their plan is now for this season because it's strayed so far off that I don't know, like, where they're going to jump back onto the overall plot line. Um, I mean, I... I, you know what, Nick? I, I could see this one maybe touching in on this on the Sid thing. Like they get back, like, hey, hey, fuckhead! Good thing we got our ship yeah, back, because yeah. you know who knows how long it would have been for you. You know, maybe that's the 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 metamorphosis. They 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 finally move beyond that. Like I said, the Bad Batch themselves gets into the uh, gets away from uh, do, being mercs and and into freedom fighters. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be about about crosshair. But again, like I said, it it, it could be another. One of these standalones in, in the metamorphosis is truly they're, they're dealing with another character. And that, that's going to be the main narrative. Like the, this, this character is going through change and the Bad Batch has to assist them. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. We'll see. All right. Um, but we, we do know if it's not the crosshair one, that's for sure. Yeah, next it's, week. it's, so it's coming. going to be a banger, baby. It's coming <laughs> soon. So we'll see. Oh, man. I just, you know, I'm really trying not to bitch and moan about the five week 
adventure I'm about to have on Wednesdays, but it, it, it's hard not to think about it. It starts tomorrow. I, I am excited for Mandalorian Season 3. I truly am, but there is a part of me, because I'm a dickhead, that is, the 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 affair is a bit soured. Because <laughs> I know it, it's going to be Mando, and then once I get that done, I'm going to feel a... a, a a, a burning desire to then get into the bad batch, but then I got to teach. And then when I'm done teaching, what's left going to do? We got to get the podcast out. It's just like, fuck these Wednesdays for the next five weeks are going to be awesome, but they're going to equally blow. And that's on me. Like I th- listen, I, these are all um, self brought issues. And I, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to get beyond it. The, the star Wars time show therapy isn't helping none of that stuff. So, all right. Speaking of Mando though, let, let's go ahead and switch things up here. Uh, we are going to do a little special topic on Mandalorian season three. We're going with our predictions last week. We went with our once predictions this week, but before we get there, I thought we'd touch on a, a new story that dropped, I believe yesterday that's been getting some play, obviously there, you know, because it's got some buzzwordy character names in there. But uh, obviously, you know, a lot of the creatives for The Mandalorian, they've been out on the press tour the past few weeks. And the one we're going to talk about here is, is Dave and Rick. So Dave Filoni and Rick Famuyiwa were talking to Deadline and the subject came up of Cara Dune and how that may or may not be addressed in The Mandalorian Season 3. And, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of broke down, pulled their quotes. But I would like to report... For the second time, Nick, I used Chat GPT to write the article. Nice. <laughs> so, uh, the 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 two summary paragraphs you see here, if you're on the live stream, that is from our AI assistant, and then I, I brought in the quotes. But essentially, you know, we got Rick and Dave sitting down with Deadline talking about Cara Dune and her fate. So here we go. First one coming from Rick, who, by the way, we learned also in this interview is directing episode one. Seven and eight. So um, Rick has really uh, kind of yeah. stepped up his directorial duties this season. I, th- I think he's only been on two, uh, one each. Yeah, like one in season one, one and two, yeah. maybe, or maybe two and one and one and two, something like that. But he's you got to think about Nick. He's getting the premiere and essentially the the final episode. Yeah, I mean, he's, so, I mean, he's getting he's definitely becoming one of the favorites. Like one of the uh, the the favorites for the Mandalorian in particular. So, uh, hey, hey, real quick, Bat, if you got a link for that, hit me because I, I that would be new as in the last two or three hours. Bat's saying that he's heard John Favreau said Grogu is with, with Luke for two years, and I I would have to disagree. But if if you got that, he's the guy, and then I will agree. But that that's a link somewhere, and it's legit. Let me know. Because uh, th- there's another story going around I didn't even cover because it was on leaks, but it, it also didn't get coverage from any people that do leaks. And that's the fact, Nick, that they're, they're kicking the tires on doing short stories with Han, Luke, and Leia. Live action. Yeah, I mean, that would be cool. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> That'd be a lot of uncanny valley, but yeah, let's go. Yeah, I mean, we'll <laughs> let's we'll let's do it. Yeah. Uh, it's just breaking. All right, hold on. It's, like it's while a, bats so doing it's that. linking to like I see the post on uh what you call it on uh Reddit is 27 minutes ago. It's an interview. Um and let's see screen rant. Okay, well. How long was If John's Yeah, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. 
John Favreau hinted Grogu was with Luke Skywalker for up to a year. Speaking with IGN last okay. year. Uh, da, 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 da. Um, I mean, how long ago was this? This was two days ago. I don't. Yeah, I mean, it's it's inside of a podcast. And then it says it's at the eight minute mark. So, I mean, I don't want to take up a bunch of time here. Yeah, I mean, I I I don't know if it was last week or maybe even one of the posts we're going to talk about now. I mean, Favreau did say that there was time that it, well, no, he said there's been there's time that has passed between Book of Boba and Mando season three. So I, I have not seen. Yeah. This okay. So yet. here, this uh, is what he says. Let's right. see. Kick me a link so I can bring it up on the screen. Yeah, I mean, there, it's not written anywhere. Like, there's no articles about it, All but right. this is where it's from. Um, so let's see. Oh shit! This just happened yesterday because I Katie was posting herself in that dress. So this is definitely okay. Yeah, I mean, literally, John says we've been two years apart from him there training. So I don't know if okay, the way that nah, that, you know, that is worded is it, yeah. I mean, I think it almost feels like it's been two years since he trained with Luke. Because, or he's saying. Real humans have have been away from Grogu for two years. No, like here's the exact quote. I'll I'll recite it to you. Okay. So he says, "All right, let it rip." With Luke, it we've been two years apart from him there training. So that to me almost reads like he went to train with Luke, and now it's been two years okay. since he's been there. Yeah. Okay. Yes. 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 Yeah. I agree. You were right. Yeah. That's why you gotta, that's why you gotta. This is called uh, media literacy, my friends. Yeah, no. All right. Um, we, we all, we all fall prey to this. You really got to dig in sometimes. So yeah. I, I, I think it's easy to misconstrue and, and I don't know, maybe I fucking didn't interpret it right. No, say, say it one more but, time. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's literally right at the eight minute mark on this video and it, he says, um, he went to train with Luke. Hold on. Let me back it up one more time. Yeah. Went back with Luke. Now, now we've been two years apart from him there training. He went back. So he, Favreau's yeah. Favreau says he's been with the Mandalorian many years. And then he went with Luke and he's been back from with Luke train or been okay one more time this is the last time I'm going to do it <laughs> with Luke no I, you got it man you 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 got it we've been Your two years it. apart from him there training to me that says he was gone like he's been away from Luke's training for two years but I don't know I mean who the fuck yes which means, and that's what I was saying. I did see something where he said time has passed between Book of Boba and Mando S three. So now what he's saying, Nick, is two yeah, years. Yeah, it's been two years to since it. he left Luke. Like since since he left Luke, yeah, and and chose to come back. Which is which is fucking crazy if you think about it. So essentially, from the end of Book of Boba Fett until tomorrow morning when we're watching it, two years has passed. Yeah, so. Um, I mean, we'll see where, where unless he's saying like 
the book of Boba Fett, there was years passing between episode five and six or, or six and seven when Grogu decided to come back. And I don't think that's the case. I think that was all happening. Bing, bang, boom. Mando, because I just watched it. Mando goes to Luke's temple. I want to see him. Ahsoka's like, not a good idea. Okay, here's the gift. I'll leave. He leaves. At the end of that episode is the choice. You know, hey. Yeah. Uh, do you want the, the armor or do you want the saber? And then we get to the finale and Grogu's on his way back with R2 with the shirt. So, yeah, I, I, I think you got it. I think it's so wow. I mean, that, that, that means Grogu, lightly chained, trained force Grogu in, in non-Mando Mando have been mucking around the galaxy for two years since Book of Boba Fett. That, that's kind of wild. That's a lot of fucking time. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a lot of time. So you're right, Nick. They, they better be fucking talking. Okay, so I... I, I fucking tomorrow, like tomorrow as soon as we hit play. <laughs> I did a calculation on this because I was like, am I being an asshole for assuming that he should talk at this point in his life? Yoda died when he was 900, right? Mm-hmm. You know, in, in the temple, 900. We found Grogu right. when he was 50, now Correct. we assume what three, two, at least two years has passed, probably three. So it's 53 divided by 900. Yeah, I, I, I would, I would agree. That's six. Yeah. So 53 years is 6% of your life. If you live to 900, how? Yeah. So he's toddler or less when you, what age do children start talking Two, two, one, one uh, yeah. two, late, late one, yeah, two. one or two. Right. So let, let's call it one and a half. And dude, and talking, it's it's like caveman yeah, speak. Yeah, but it's you like know, it, it's still. It's not like the, it, it's enough that they can communicate. Yeah, it's not like but coos it's still and babbles. So Correct. one and one and a half years is two percent of your life if you live to seventy five. So it's all so like even by that calculation, like what percentage of your life are you talking versus not talking? Grogu is way past the, per, the the point where humans usually start talking because I was like, well, maybe because of the the extended life, they have a lot more time before they start talking. But he would he's already spent six percent of his time his life being nonverbal and unable to communicate. So he, you got he's got to get there soon. Are you going to tell me he spends the first ten percent of his well, life dude, not that, talking? That's, that's my point. Like if these two have been together as homies for two years and, and they don't have a way to communicate beside, besides sign language and coups, you're going to riot, right? It's just like, that's it just like, you're, you're going to fucking burn the house. It down. doesn't make sense in a biological perspective. Like it just, it, especially for a species that is as wise as, as that species is. Well, and, and Kevin brings up the point in the chat here that Yoda did say train Jedi for 800 years and he died at 900. So by at least by 100, he was capable of uh, he was already training. Yeah, Jedi. It's like not only was he capable of communication, but he was at m- essentially master level as a Jedi to be able to train others that aren't his race. So like. I don't know if this kid just has a very stunted developmental cycle because of all that he's gone through, which is very possible. But like to have to have spent six percent of your life not talking is insane. Could you imagine that? Like that? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I'm not saying you're wrong. The other, like, the other thing you could say is, I mean, when he was taken, he was probably twenty around that. When he was taken from the temple, he's probably about 20 years old when he was in the temple. 
So uh, 20 for them, again, you're, 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 you're like out of the womb, I guess, the way they're treating Grogu. So, you know, you, you go through that traumatic situation. Could that mute him out? You know, there, there are situations even with humans where if they go through trauma early yeah. on, they, they can become mute. It is very possible. So I, maybe, maybe, maybe they're working that angle that just everything that happened to him from the fall of the Republic until Din found him just completely fucked him up mentally. Even Luke, you know, like I said, I rewatched Book of Boba Fett, yay me. But even Luke talking to Ahsoka goes like, I don't necessarily think it's me training him versus more him remembering things. So, you know, you could make the argument that Grogu, to protect himself, mentally fucking blocked everything about his childhood. That is possible. Speaking, uh, the Force, you name it. So we'll see. I I just, I, um, I'll save it for our predictions, but I I think something will move forward in that front, but probably not to the point where he's a Yaddle or a Yeah, I mean, Trevor brought it up correctly in the chat. Like he is essentially equal to about a five, five and a half year old human child. So just imagine like what Charlie was doing at like five or six years old. Like she was, I mean, full on conversational. Yeah. So it's just, so I hope that they address it in some way, shape or form at, you know, if it is something like that, you know, where he has chosen or was, was, you know, like his response to the trauma that he went through as a, like a true child resulted in his, you know, not being able to communicate at this age or what, but like, I really do think that like, it needs to be addressed. Like it seems odd that, that they haven't even talked about it, but. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm with you and, I, I do think though, if it does get addressed and like, listen, it's just, that's his choice. I mean, he's, he's chosen to go mute. He's told us through the force. We know he can at least communicate through the force. I, I think I would still be okay with that. Like as long as it's addressed in some capacity, I'll be all, all right. I'm, I'm not so hung up on Grogu needs to start spitting out words, but as long as they address why he doesn't speak at this point in time. If that's the case, then all right, I, I can, I think I can handle yeah, no, that. I agree. But yeah, I, I do. That is, that, that's crazy. A two year time jump. I, I mean, I wonder, I don't have to, I know they're not going to, but you know what, Nick? I mean, that, that helps to better explain how Navarro went from a fucking backwoods outer rim esque planet to like a, what grief has it turned into in the trailers. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they, they could easily do that in two years. So, all right, I, I can get down with that. It's just crazy i mean because they they really haven't ever talked about time over season one and season two and even book of boba fett but i do think those all were kind of like bang 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 yeah yeah you know bang 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 yeah i mean we'll see we'll see i mean one day away for from the the recording of this show if you're listening to only 30 minutes though nick what can they Uh, do in 30 minutes we'll see hopefully it's a it's a it's a jam-packed 30 minutes i just like you 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 have you have trevor now like pulling out his abacus doing calculations (laughs) for all this i love it he's like hold on maybe 16 or five or i don't fucking know yeah i mean if you take it as a percentage of life with your end of life being 900 as a as a grogu species and then i just used end of life for a human at 75 because that's average-ish. Um, is that going down? Hopefully. I don't know. Like I is, think is our life expectancy going I down? I mean, I would I imagine it it's to. probably gone down a little bit since COVID. Um, but I mean, life expectancy in like the, the, the mid 20 teens was around 80. So yeah, I, I mean, 
I just I don't I don't really know if humans need to live much longer than that though if you know what I mean like we're we're really not meant to to make it to in the 90s and 100s we we, we become burdens to ourselves and society just bags of meat really is what we turn into broken down bags of meat hopefully by that time we're allowed to just self-euthanize yeah that's what i would go for um you know yeah I mean, we'll see <laughs> i just saw a case and i think it was in texas it makes sense where it, it, an old lady got charged with murder because she self-assisted suicided her husband and they eventually after you know through some of the proceedings they reduced it to just like like it's not a felony or like she's not going to spend life in jail anymore like yeah she really did just help her husband kill herself yeah himself oh yeah just to address trevor in the chat you did do the math wrong 50 is not 20 percent of uh 50 is not 20 percent of a thousand 200 is 20 percent of a thousand 20 percent of a thousand would be 200 um it's 50 is five percent of a thousand (laughs) it's an accelerated puberty yeah that i mean yeah sure that's what we're going to see in season four. It's going to be Grogu, the masturbation years yeah. where Din's going to keep catching them, like whacking off in space toilets. It's just, yeah. Instead of, you know, stealing M&Ms, he's going to be like grabbing nudie magazines of Twi'leks. Yeah. I mean, I just, um, <laughs> I am right. interested. Well, to thank see. you for that yeah. bat. We like that type. I'm of stuff. interested like to see how they handle the, uh, the maturation process for this, uh, for this species. Cause we've never seen it before. So we'll, well see. It, yeah, the two years, it, it, the more I think about it, the more it lines up. You know, obviously you got, like we said, Navarro's built up. Grogu is, they've, they've gone out of their way to explain, like, no, Grogu doesn't need, he's not, like, needs protected now. He, he's, he's handling his shit, so, okay. Anyways, back to our Mando S3 story that we got into real quick. So, again, we're, we're uh, talking about an interview between Dave Filoni and Rick Famuyiwa. They sat down with Deadline to address... Mandalorian season three and of course they were asked about a character so the character being Cara Dune who we all know her actress was uh, relieved of her duties back in 2021 for just you know being stupid we'll we'll, we'll leave it at that you know you just you just gotta learn social media can burn you sometimes uh, regardless of your your viewpoints uh, but they were asked about, all right, so what, what's going on with Kara Dune? And here we go. The first one comes from Rick. Kara was a big part and continues as a character to be part of the world. It had to be addressed in the creative, and John Favreau took the time to think about that. It was something that was discussed as we knew it was going to have impact on the show. But at the same time, what has been at the heart of the show are the two characters, Din and Grogu. So ultimately, it felt like a servicing of that in Around the Mandalorians. So that's his way of saying, like, oh yeah, for all you Cara Dune fanboys and girls out there, she still exists in the universe. But you're not going to see her in The Mandalorian Season 3 because it's a show about Din, Grogu, and The Mandalorians resolving their fucked up culture. Yeah. Um, Dave had his own word, word salad for this response um it's a big galaxy and we have many characters in it many characters are fighting for their screen time we'll just have to see as the season unfolds what the adventures are but it's a great character someone who was vital to din Djarin's beginnings we'll see if he has evolved beyond that 
Now, season three is mainly dealing with Mandalorians and the Mandalorian saga, the Mandalorian tale. There's different characters he's met since Bo-Katan takes a lot more prominence, which makes sense where his arc is going, the story of him and Grogu specifically. The Mandalorian in the title is the story about the Mandalorian and his people. End of quote. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Like, I... I personally wasn't thinking about Cara Dune when it came to season three but then again I don't often think about like secondary characters in in shows like that yeah I mean listen dude there there's a there's a faction of Star Wars fans that considers Cara Dune to be one of the greatest characters of all time and I'll I'll just I I I tend to disagree with that I uh, I thought she was she was all right in season one in season two, I just rewatched it, and so it's it's fresh on the mind. It, it just I don't know. It felt like Gina was emailing that shit in, mailing in, mailing in the performance. You know, packed on a few pounds. Not that that's a bad thing. You can't say stuff like that, especially about women. But she she was just off. When you would see Gina in the scenes with, um, you know, Ming Na or Katie or hell, even fucking Sasha Banks, there was a noticeable difference in acting ability. Uh, it, it just, I don't know. I mean, Cara Dune just kind of felt like a, a adulty type of frumpy character in season two. And, you know, ultimately, yeah, she was one of Din's buddies and, and he came back to her. But when it came, comes to the main story, especially where we're moving into season three, she, she clearly is not necessary to telling that tale. Yeah. So, so, I mean, she's not a Mandalorian. You know, she was a rebel shock trooper. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, th- this article, th- this again, it's like, why Why do we, why do big sites, why are they allowed to talk to Star Wars people? Because they're like, yeah, Cara Dune, the famous bounty hunter. I'm like, what the fuck are you idiots talking about? She wasn't a fucking bounty hunter. Yeah. I, what are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, like the whole time, like, oh, fa- she was a bounty hunter, just like Din Djarin. Like, what, what show are you watching, dick faces? <laughs> And why do you get to interview the creatives like John, Dave, and Rick and not Nick and I? Oh, because you got a bigger audience, but you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. Idiots. Oh, well. But yeah, so <laughs> those of you that love Cara Dune, I guess the best thing to take from this, she still yeah, she's exists still in the universe. I mean, you're, you're just probably never going to see or hear yeah. from her again. I mean, it will be interesting to... And that's okay. It'll be interesting to see if they include her in comic books moving forward or like any other mm-hmm. of the media, like books, stuff like that. I'm not sure how the likeness rights worked with the character because oftentimes when a situation like this goes down, what could happen is you could see them in video games. You could see them in um, comic books or something like that because when they signed the contract for the character, they also signed over likeness rights for other media purposes. So, I mean... I mean, that, that goes all the way, but just, just pull up some of Carrie Fisher's material yeah. when she would get on stage and do her show. I mean, she talks about that. Like she lost her likeness because of Star Wars. I mean, she's, they're still making fucking action figures, shampoo bottles and whatnot that look like yeah, her. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, I mean, that they, was a big, you, you are right. Her they, yeah. Her I, I don't think they could, you know, like deep fake Gina back into the role and not use her in live action, but yeah, she the the character could pop up in in comics and whatnot, yeah. so, and um, and she will because I, I I I just read that they're gonna do the comic version of Mandalorian season two. Soon. Well, there you go. So, so you, now you know she's gonna be back, so they can continue the story right. of that character. In I just media, like I, so. 
I never got it. Like I, I, I think there's there are there's a faction of males that find Gina very attractive and and go for it. Maybe maybe that was the angle. Uh, but in terms of like acting and whatnot, I, I don't think she was a standout in the series. Straight up, political views aside, that shit don't matter. She just she wasn't up to par with the rest of the cast. Uh, so I, I I could give a fuck. And really, the be- the best thing they have going for them is that that was over two years ago. I mean, unless you're a a, a sycophant about this character, you're not even going to worry about yeah, it. Yeah, I would All imagine right? that like. Most of the fans have just been like, I mean, you, like you said, you've had Book of Boba Fett, which was essentially uh, Mando 2.5. She wasn't, she in, wasn't that. in that. Um, you had a, an, an entire, I mean, you had so many other Star Wars properties that have released and she wasn't in any of those. So you would imagine that people would have moved on by now. But I mean, there are people who just kind of hold on to things like that for, uh, you know, whatever reason they have. and. It's clutch and pearls, man. That's what yeah, it is. I mean, we'll, 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 at, the, at this point with this character, it's it, it's doing it for freedom. Yeah, so I'll leave it we'll at see. that. It's one of those things. We'll <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. That that's the official Mandalorian season three uh, schniz we got for you. But now we got some unofficial speculation stuff. That's right. It's time to rattle through. Our Mandalorian season three predictions. And yes, we solved the mystery of Bo Katan's more prominent scar that you may have seen in some of the new posters in the Discord. So don't forget, Star Wars Time Show Discord, sign up, go to Instagram, buy a link. Uh, but they, they, they made uh, Katie's, well, they gave Katie a, a much more pronounced Bo Katan scar, but it has been there since the animated years. All right, dude. So last week, like I said, we did once. Right, as fans, we would like to see this. This week, I changed things up. Now, these are these are things we're predicting. All right, you know, sometimes we're we're quite good at this. Sometimes we're quite awful. I will always go back to the moment when I I think it was literally our breakdown of S two E one of the Book of Boba, and where you got the Boba Fett little reveal at the end, and I said, oh shit, he he might roll down the. Jabba's palace and, and, and pick up the slave one from the impound from Bib Fortuna, just fucking around and sure shit. Many episodes later, that's exactly what happened in the stinger. So hopefully you're writing these down, keeping score because yes, at least myself will want some sort of recognition for any of these wins. Now, obviously if we miss wildly, don't bring them up. <laughs> All right. So up first one that we were just kind of, uh, talking about, but I am predicting, Nick, that Gro- Grogu will speak for the first time, probably towards the finale. What say you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think at this point, I think that we really started addressing this before anybody else has, like his his like communication skills, and I think that I've seen out there now that like a few other outlets may have at least brought it up too. So. Well, yeah, they'll, they'll never give yeah, us credit because I, you know, what I've seen recently over on Star Wars Theory, he finally got a hold of Gallard, yeah. releasing all the same shit we put out two years ago. But of course, he's getting hundreds of thousands of views, written up in magazines like, "Oh, this is what the Revenge of the Sith battle was supposed mm-hmm. to be." I was like, "Fuck, like, yeah. dude!" <laughs> I, I literally sent him our fucking interview. I mean, he essentially just copied what we did. But hey, yeah. That's life I, for Star Wars time show. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's definitely sad considering we literally have YouTube videos clipped out from that interview that are like yeah. two years old, but, you know, whatever. 
That's that's dude. That's, I even did posts yeah. like 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 snippets. Like, hey, this is how it should end. No, no one wants to go and do the research to, to be like, oh yeah, hey, Star Wars Time Show said this first, but fine, whatever. So, what what do you think, Nick? Is is he speaking early at all or towards the finale? I would hope by midway point we start to get some inkling of uh, his ability to communicate, and then maybe by the end, then we have like open communication in some way, shape, or form. See, I, I'm I'm in between like you and Sir Dorks. Sir Dorks going, he's far from talking. You're going, he may be spitting out sentences. I think for me, the speaking may be as simple as Din or Dad <laughs> or You. Like I, I I'm I'm like at that level, like one step beyond cooing. Where, where he forms a word, but it's still not, they're sitting there in battle planning how to take on the Remnant Empire. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, that, I mean that would work. Anything just to, like, start to crack that that hump, you know, start to really crack that that little area. So, yeah, we'll see. Okay, next one here, and this, this could get into tangent t- territory, but I, I am feeling this, and I'll explain why. But I think we're going to get a a version, and this would become the new canon version, of Jaster Mareel. I think this is going to be Christopher Lloyd's character. And I think through this, is this is how we're going to loop in Boba Fett to the, the greater Mandalorian culture stuff and, and wars and battles and whatnot. Um, just just a little backstory on, on, on Jaster. I mean, he, he's had a few revisions in his Star Wars life. His legend tale, he was Boba Fett. Literally, Jaster Mareel was Boba Fett in Legends. That, that was Boba Fett's real name. He took on the moniker of Boba Fett once he, you know, kind of fucked up stuff on, on Mandalore and, and, and became a bounty hunter. Then he got kind of recanonized again once George retconned that story of, of Jaster Mareel with Attack of the Clones and Jango Fett was Boba Fett's dad and Boba Fett was actually a clone. So that kind of got rid of that legend tale of Jaster. But Nick, if you remember from uh, The Mandalorian, the, the episode where they're on Tython mm-hmm. and he breaks out his his little deal like, hey, I'm I'm this guy, I'm Boba Fett. Remember, a fan broke it down. It literally, it, within the breakdown, essentially, mentor Jast, yeah. father Django, Boba. So yeah. we already have an established connection in the Mandoverse with Boba Fett to Django Fett to Jaster Mareel. Because, and we learned through the Mandoverse, which is now canon, that Django Fett, just like Din Djarin, was a foundling. Yeah. And Jaster would have been his his mentor his keeper like din is grogu's keeper so to me it just it makes a lot of sense that they tease that in the mandalorian we know boba has issues with the idea of mandalorian culture but we also know boba is you know very loyal to his clone father and therefore is going to have some sort of love or knowledge or ties to this jaster mareel who more than likely could be leading another faction of mandalorians which like i said could lead to Boba Fett getting involved in the big Mandalorian culture war that, quite frankly, that's the last thing he would want to do. But if Jaster's involved, you would think through the family ties, he he may heed the call. Yeah, show some interest at the very least. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because this character has gone through so many revisions and, like, 
I think in even in Legends, like he was killed at some point. But as of right now, he's still alive. And it given the fact that he was Django Fett's mentor, it would put him right around an age where Christopher uh Christopher Lloyd could play oh, yeah. him. Because Christopher Lloyd himself is in his 80s now, I believe. Um, so I think that that's a good call. Um, obviously, T's, like you mentioned, from the chain code. So, yeah, I mean, Christopher Christopher Lloyd it, is uh, born 1938. So, yeah, I mean, he's 80. No, so he's like 100. Yeah, he's like 85. 85. So. Uh, he's, he's getting... Yeah, um, I, I don't know. I just... I, I just feel... Thanks to Dave and obviously John through Dave's tutelage that that they are very precise with breadcrumbs like that. Yeah. Like, I I don't think you have that that chain code moment just for shits and giggles to prove like, yeah, this really is my armor. You you don't you don't sprinkle that stuff into the hour bash for fans to decipher for fun. It's like how they included the the spur sound into the stinger in season one when you saw those those legs walking up to Fennec Shan's corpse body. it's just they they put this stuff in there for a reason so i'm 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 going out on a limb with that with that i think prediction. that's a good call especially since we know that this season is going to be so heavily focused on mandalorians so yeah oh yeah i mean i am fucking geek friends like i mean mando is the shit first and foremost but this season is going to dive into the nitty gritty of mandalore and the mandalorians it it should rival, if not surpass, what Star Wars Rebels was starting to do in its late seasons with, you know, putting a focus on the different factions and the clans and the leaders of the clans and, and which clans can work together, which clans hate each other. I mean, there's a reason when we see Mandalore that the planet looks destroyed. It was fucking destroyed before the Empire did it. These people had to live in domes because of centuries of warring with each mm-hmm. other. Yep. Like it's a fucked up race, a fucked up culture, and that's what this season is going to broach. It's going to finally tackle that and force these people to essentially go through what we're going to see as Mandalorian therapy, which is probably going to consist of some fighting, some punching, some kicking, some stabbing, maybe a few deaths. But then they will come to a resolution that why the fuck are we doing this? What, what, why, why, why are we beholden to these old scriptures and creeds and beliefs? Or how can we make the creed now work better for us? That, that's, that's what we're going to get to. Give me a full uh, anti, like, anti-creed push. That's what I'm going yeah. for. Uh, no, you, you really do. Like, I, I want more insights into why does, the, why does the armor and her ilk truly believe that this is the way yeah, yeah. i mean like w- what from mandalorian history has showed them that this is the yeah, way and it and the thing is too is it's like at, at first i was like okay creed maybe existed because mandalorians were being hunted down like mandalorians were being actively sought out and and, and destroyed by the empire um but like mandalorians don't all look the same it's not like you know, it's not like you're hunting an alien race where it's like, we're going to go out and we're going to kill every Zabrak that we see. Very easy yes. to pick out. You would need to wear a helmet to hide the fa- a helmet in full body <laughs> yeah, armor. Yeah, you're right. Like, their logic is backwards. Yeah. Their logic is backwards. Like to hide. In fact, if you are wearing full Mandalorian mm-hmm. armor, it is the most obvious to know that you're a Mandalorian. You would actually be safer if you were wearing no armor at all. 
because I mean, bro, then you're just what, a human. what do they call Din Djarin around the galaxy? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> because because of his kit, what do they the call Mandalorian. the Mandalorian? Yeah, it's yeah. Like, I mean. So like, you would think that like by logic of like we need to stay hidden from the people who are trying to kill us because yeah. we're Mandalorian. That would essentially Armor's mean like bad. don't wear your armor. Because you're all humans and you look like everybody else. So right, I don't know. Yeah. I, you know what? I, I really have never thought about that. And that's that's a great reminder as to why none of us should ever get that upset about Star yeah. Wars. All right. I mean, because if, if you really start poking holes into it, it's dumb as fuck. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like that that is a great that is the best revelation I think you've cooked up this year so far. <laughs> I mean, really, think about what Nick just said. He's hundred percent right. Like if their creed is you can't take off your armor and helmet, but we need to stay hidden. So we can regain our numbers. Like, how does that make any sense? Yeah. It's like now you're not only uh. not allowing yourself <laughs> to like procreate and like actually build your numbers up because you're not allowed to take your armor off. So you can't have sexy time with other Mandalorians, but you're also putting yourself in a position to where you have to live underground because you have to wear your armor all yeah, the time. Because you look like, like one. it's it is. Right. This I mean, Jared's bringing up a good point. Though. The, remember. You remember the armor is like, yo, you're going to get a lot of new attention with that, that shiny new kit I just made yeah. for you. So it's like they, 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 they're, 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 they're gluttons for punishment, the armorer yeah. and if her anything, kind If anything, the creed should be only wear your armor when you absolutely have to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you're, when you're kicking ass and taking yeah. names. Oh, uh, All right. Okay. Okay. Next one here, and again, th- this was a want, but uh, it also works as a prediction, and it, it, I think it just is going to follow the formula that Dave and John have set forth, and Sabri- uh, Sabine Wren's live-action debut, and I'm thinking it's going to be via Ahsoka. Yeah. Uh, that, that's where I'm kind of getting out on a limb, because I'm trying to, you know, why would Ahsoka, since this is going to be such a Mando-focused season... Why Ahsoka? But I don't know. I have a feeling he may he may reach out or you you know may catch wind that a Jedi's traveling with a a somewhat famous Mandalorian. But I, I do think Sabine, just for the sake that she's in the Ahsoka show, will be delivered to us by the Orange uh, Unaligned Force user. Yeah, I uh, I think that's a good but, call. I I actually think that if they don't have Sabine Wren in this season, it would be an unholy like mismanagement of how this was written <laughs> yeah it just it, it, it makes too much sense it, you know we're getting into the mandalorian thing she is one of the most if we if we really think about it and i'm gonna get to catch shit for this but before mando and the book of boba fett she was probably the most detailed and fleshed out mandalorian character in canon yeah think yeah even it. more so than boba jango i mean you spent i mean we spent years with uh four four yeah. seasons learning about this yeah, this girl and, and and mandalorians through her so i mean more than Django, more than boba more than bo katan and and the mandos from the clone wars so i mean she is huge i mean it, it, essentially because of rebels and sabine and and the it, extending in the mandalore and mandalore society and culture that's why the mandoverse exists yeah, yeah. That's why this this season exists. It, it's going to be looking back on a lot of those threads from Rebels. So, yeah, you're right. Sabine almost has to be in this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right. 
sticking with with mandos and reveals i i really am i'm the more i think about this and and, and i'll explain myself I, I do think the armor is going to be revealed as Rookcast. And, you know, I, I've gotten hung up in the past, Nick, on on things Bo-Katan has said, things the armor has said. You know, one thing that always stands out to me is, and really, I think it's from the trailer. We're, we're about to see this, but she says, your kind fractured our people. And I've always been like, well, that's bullshit on Bo's part, because technically her and Death Watch were the first fracture. Yeah. And really, before that, if you if you truly study Mandalorian society, like I said... They have been warring yeah. all the way up to the invasion of the yeah, empire. Yeah, I mean, they, I mean they, the empire they went through a, a like a a civil war between tr- like a faction that called themselves true Mandalorians and regular Mandalorians. Like they they had been warring. Yeah, you, you would have Concord Don Mandalorians yeah. fighting Mandalore Mandalorians. Yeah, I mean, you had other people on the fucking moon. I mean, they're a mess. I mean, they're just they're 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 messy people. But if you if you think about it from Bo's perspective and really even from our perspective, a character like Rookcast who willingly threw in with Maul, who murdered her sister, lied to even Death Watch, yeah. like literally played Pre Vizsla and, and played all of Death Watch to get what he wanted. But there was people like Gar Saxon and Rookcast that still made the choice. You know, fuck it. I'm going to side with Maul. Yeah. And then some of those even went on to become Imperial Super Commandos, Und- maybe under Moff Gideon himself. Say, it could be under Moff Gideon himself, but obviously it was under, you know, Gar Saxon led the Imperial Super Commandos under right. the Imperial reign. And like all of the, like Gar Saxon was directly involved with the formation of the Maldalorians. Um, So, I mean, there is a lot that makes sense for Rookcast and- to be... Yeah, well, that's the thing, Nick. Gar and Rook, they were like buddy exactly. buddies. I mean, they 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 rescued Maul from imprisonment. I mean, they they went out of their way to worship Maul, follow Maul, so on and so forth. So I could see even more than what Death Watch did to their society, I could see where Bo is saying, like, no, you fuckers. You fuckers that were even in Death Watch and then turned your your back on us and, and sided with Maul, you're the ones that truly fractured our society. Um, it, it, but from Rook's point of view, you could see why she would want to follow Creed now. She doesn't want to fucking reveal her face. She's a goddamn traitor to the yeah. Mandalorians. Yeah. I mean, and so she she that I mean, how cool of a reveal that would be. I mean, she's essentially been gaslighting people for thirty years. Yeah. You got to live this way because I fucked everything up and people can't find out who I am. And that makes way more sense than there really being a creed saying like, you can't take your helmet off because now that there are followers of this creed, this quote unquote creed, it doesn't seem odd that there's one Mandalorian that never takes their helmet off. Now you have an entire, now it's a faction of Mandalorians that don't take their helmet off because this yeah. one person told Yeah, I mean, Bo calls him a cult. Yeah, yeah your cult so, destroyed us, and, essentially. And it makes total sense that the reason behind that is I don't want anybody to see my face because I am what caused the, the downfall of our society by and large. So... Oh uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, Death Watch, Death Watch helped. Like, they, they dumped the gasoline out, but... People like Rook, Gar, and then Maul and the rest of Maul DeLoreans, they're the ones that fucking lit the thing on fire. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
And, and you know, we we've mentioned this before. Just look at her fucking helmet. Yeah, the, the helmet She's with the got spikes on little it. Like, horn nubs. I mean, come yeah, on. It's clear. It's clear. Or you know, we could find out she's still a rube for the empire. I mean, she could be an agent of Moff Gideon even now. That's very true. How's that? That's very true. Because we we've heard through rumors and leaks that Gideon's getting himself a kit, and his helmet also is going to have little armor nubs. Hey man, on it. that that's very true. So we, we we could learn that 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 Gideon through the ISB was working with the Mandalorians, took on when they become the Super Commandos, and he was working with Mandal Mandalorians themselves. To destroy Mandalore. Yeah, yeah. You heard it here first. Take it to the bank. Um, all right. This next one Other is ones a, that, this next one's interesting because I think there's a bit of a stretch, but it'll be fun to talk about. Yeah. I, I just have Din rides a mythosaur. Yeah. Again, the breadcrumbs were laid down in the book of Boba Fett when she verbatim recites to him what the mythosaur is, what it means if a Mandalorian rides one and and how it will change their destiny, so on and so forth. And I, I just feel like that's where things are headed. Yeah, no, it, it'll be interesting because for all that we know in canon, mythosaurs have been extinct for m millennia. Yeah, they're, they're like the dinosaurs of Star it, exactly. Wars. Exactly. Like they, they've been extinct since before uh, the, 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 the Mandalorian cataclysm, which was the, the uh, you know, back in like the old republic the the mandalorian jedi wars which were which predated uh uh revan becoming a, a, a dark yeah. lord of the sith so that's like thousands of years ago um tens of thousands yeah, so like they 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 have been extinct or, or supposedly have been extinct since before that period of time um so we yeah it'll be interesting to see if they actually have like do they pull like a game of thrones where in Game of Thrones, you know, dra nobody'd seen dragons in fucking God knows how long, whatever it was. Um, yeah. yep. And then all of a sudden, oh, there's an egg. We've been keeping an egg or you found an egg and then it hatches into a mythosaur. And that would be pretty cool, honestly. Yeah, Connor's got, he took the prophecy as the armor spoke uh, to be Boba as the mythosaur, not an actual creature. I don't mm. I, I like I like I Boba's gonna get involved 100 percent and and I think it is gonna be through the angle I just pitched. But Boba, you gotta remember this dude wants he thinks Mandalorian culture's horseshit. Yes. I mean I like in Book of Boba, the finale, him and Din have a little talk, and he's essentially like, Din, why are you here, buddy? Like, come on. Like, you know we're fucked. Why you don't need to die with us? And Din's like, hey, buy the creed, motherfucker. And Boba's like, that's 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 a bunch of yeah, bullshit. Boba's like, what? Like, what? Creed? Yeah, <laughs> what fuck, are you talking fuck about? the Creed, man. But but I appreciate yeah. you. You know what I mean? He's like, yeah, yeah, whatever, dude. I'm not gonna get in the weeds with you, but you guys are weirdos. Uh, so no, I don't see that. I I really do see a fucking beast, like a a true prophecy coming forward. And Nick, I think you made a good correlation to, to Game of Thrones. I I feel it would be similar like that. It's not like they're gonna just stumble upon a a pack of mythosaurs in the minds of Mandalore. It, it, it may be a little, a little more mystical than that. Yeah. Now, I, I don't know if, if, if Din's going to get down and, you know, start doing like Samoan war dances <laughs> or how, how about this? You know, what if the only way to, to bring back the mythosaur to, to raise a mythosaur or rise them, however you would say it, is through a true a true Mandalorian Jedi. What if what if Grogu is is part of the key to awakening a Mythosaur? Could it, I don't know. I mean, I, I 
I, I got more to. I guess we'll we'll move on to my next prediction since I since I kind of brought it up yeah. here. But I, I have Grogu inches even closer to becoming the next Tarvisla. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I could I could see. You know, they, they, they've been talking about, like, listen, Grogu's still going to be a main thing. There's a Grogu may break the internet this season. But in the end, think about what Grogu has always done in season one and season two. He brings these disparate groups together, and they usually end up doing something great, better, more than they could have done on their own without Grogu as motivation. Yeah. So so why not? How, how, why not Grogu being the motivation for these Mandalorians to get over their shit? When they see him in Beskar and they see that he has the force and they remember the stories of Tar. Yeah. You know, what if Grogu's down there shaking his little hand and, and he awakens something under the earth? So that could, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little off rails here, but that's what we do when we speculate. I like that. I like to take things a little beyond the common man would. Yeah. No, I mean, so. I think that that's a like a very interesting perspective to take towards like the resurrection. Of I mean, the dude, Mythosaur and stuff like that. Do but you kind think, though? Do you think in their minds though they're they're looking at Grogu as the potential successor to Tar, in terms of a a, a hybrid character like that? That's uh, it's it hasn't been done since Tar. That, that that's what I mean. Yeah. It would be a big deal. I mean, it's hard it's hard to say. I think that Grogu needs to come a long way very quickly. Still too young. Uh, uh, yeah, like a long way very quickly to be able to take up that man that like mantle, and especially because like. Tar Tar was a Mandalorian before he was a Jedi. Like Tar became a Jedi because he was a Force-sensitive Mandalorian, and then came back to the Mandalorian culture as their essentially their de facto leader because of how powerful he was. And that's when the Mandalorian culture was built around power. It was built around power. It was built around wars. Built around the fighting spirit of the Mandalorians, which is why. Somebody, he's the dark saber. Yeah, guy. exactly. Somebody like Tar could immediately come back from, you know, from force training and be like, "I'm your leader now, bitch," because nobody is going to be able to stop me. Yeah. Um, I got Beskar and a fucking yeah, lightsaber. Like, what are you going to do? Um, I, 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 I do think that like it would be an interesting storyline to follow into the future for Grogu if that is the path that he takes because he has chosen the path of the Mandalorian willingly. It wasn't like he was, you know, like even. You know, even Din, you could argue, really didn't choose the life of a Mandalorian willingly. Like he was rescued. No, he was adopted. Yeah, into he was it. adopted into it, and he he really had no choice because of who saved him. Like it's not like the armorer was going to save this kid, and then when he got old enough, the kid could then just choose to leave. That's not how cults work. Like when you're in a cult. And you have been indoctrinated into a cult from the time when you oh, were yeah. a child. They're not you're in it to win yeah, it. They don't just say like, okay, you're 15 now. So see you later if you want to. Like you're, you are in it. Uh, um, so it, it is going to be interesting to see like what Grogu's journey is. Because I think that like that is one thing that we really haven't seen yet. Like the closest that we got to like Grogu's journey was him going off and training with Luke for that period of time and then coming back. Right. Like now what we... What, now what we are actually going to see is Grogu's choice of his journey because I don't even think going to Luke was his choice. Like that was a choice that others made for him. You know, yeah, it was like the right thing to yeah. do. Oh, well, I mean, I, I just rewatched it and he does when Luke shows up, Luke tells Din like, "Listen, he needs your permission to leave." So I, I would I would argue that 
I think Grogu at least wanted to try it yeah. out, but I think he learned quickly, like, no, I, I love the, that guy too much. I can't do this yeah. shit. Fuck you. Give me my shirt. I'm out yeah, of here. So we'll, 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 uh, it will be interesting to track his, his, his larger journey throughout the rest of the Mandalorian because it is something that they're going to need to address even in the sequel trilogy era if he survives that long. Like, you know, that is by essentially having a brand new character that lives 900 years. Yeah, he, he would be about 100, <laughs> right around the 100 coming up on the yeah. sequel trilogy, just shy of yeah. 100. And, you know, that's something and that... Yoda technically was training motherfuckers by, the time he was by 100 then, years right? Old. So, 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 like, that is something that they're going to need to address moving towards the sequel trilogy now is, like, what was Grogu's journey and where did he end up by the time that we meet Rey yeah. and Finn and Poe and the that's, rest of the people? I, I mean... Nick, that's why I'm I'm kind of leaning towards. I I think he's gonna choose the path of the Mandalore. Like I I I think that's they're 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 positioning this season as Mandalore season three. Man, everything Mandalore, everything Mandalorians. Here we go, here we go. And if you even just hear some of the trailers and some of the dialogue, you you can feel Din is he's he's training Grogu as a true Mandalorian family now. He's telling him about the creed. He's telling him about, hey, yeah, we, we, you need to learn how to fight and armor and all this stuff, but you also need to learn how to get around the galaxy. So he, he really has, at this point, fully taken on the mantle as his foundling father. I don't know. Yeah. Is there an official term for these yeah, people? I mean, I but Din has become the same person that rescued him during the Clone Wars. So he is training Grogu, I think, to walk the path. Yeah, so now where that goes, who knows? I mean, they, they could end up being a power couple together or Grogu could choose to to walk his own path. But I, I really think they're going to kind of position this season as these two are learning the ways of the Mandalore together. They're in it to win it. They're committed. Grogu's committed to Din getting his shit back and Grogu's committed to learning more about being a Mandalorian. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, I mean, we'll see where that goes. I think this next one that you have here, Dark I, I, I have a, I have a, 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 a theory here or something that I would like. Okay. To so but go so ahead. I'll let you run. I just, here's what it was. Dark saber drama resolved with new twist and understanding. Yes. So that, that's how I had it written because I, I don't think it's just going to be. Din, give me the saber. I challenge you to a fight. I'm Bo-Katan. Uh, uh. I, don't, I don't think that's how it's going to play out. I think there, a new understanding is going to take shape with this thing that the Mandalorians are going to agree to and live with moving forward. What's your thought? I think that, or I don't think this, this is what I would like to see happen. I'll put it that way. So okay. this is not what I think is going to happen. This is what I would like to see happen. That the dark saber is destroyed. Um, if you think about Mandalorian society after the introduction of the Darksaber and after Tar Vizsla's passing um, as, as leader of Mandalore and having this and having like this totem be what like who is the leader like whoever holds this totem is the leader of the Mandalorian yeah. society their their whole culture's beholden yeah, it's, to it's, it a fucking story and about it, it it's been exploded ever since then the Mandalorian culture and way of life has been nothing but infighting civil wars and and failed conquests so like it's only done damage to the Mandalorian society like it's never aside from when Tar held it himself and when he yeah. was 
I mean, you could even argue that during the the, the reign of Tar Vizsla as as the Mandalore, like things weren't great. Um, but especially since then, when they have been solely beholden to this sword as the leader, whoever holds this as the leader of their society, they've been in complete chaos. Like they, yeah, dude, they they were in civil war all the way up to the invasion the, of the empire. Exactly. So, in my opinion, the best thing to do for Mandalorian society and culture in general is to I like it sunder that like blade it. completely. And and move on with it with an actual system of self governance that like that it. is sustainable and that promotes growth and like cultural you know uh, like you know cultural growth and and growth as a people outside of just your planet of Mandalore. So that's what I want to see happen. It would be such a move if they did that because the dark saber is so ingrained in like star Wars history that like, I, I yeah. mean, honestly, Nick, I fucking love it. And, and it still fits within my prediction because I, yeah. I, I worded it loosely enough that, that your explanation and that, that to me is probably the best explanation for how this should go down. Cause they, they really are. They're in a fucking corner with this thing. Din doesn't want it. <clears throat> he can't give it up. Are Din and Bo really going to fucking fight to the death? Absolutely not. Are they going to, you know, be a little pissy towards each other? Is she going to be pissy towards him? Absolutely for a little bit. But I think Nick said it expertly. I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm I'm with you, dude. There's the prediction. Fuck a want. That's a prediction. (laughs) It's going to happen. I do think that is that is the best path forward, even though it's going to piss collectors off and people that want. Yeah. To buy well, dark saber. Clearly, we know that they don't give a shit about <laughs> pissing off collectors because they blew up the the what was it the razor crest like <laughs> immediately in season yeah. two. They were like, "Fuck yeah, this no, shit!" At, Nick, they they blew it up after a bunch of us committed four hundred dollars yeah. to buying a a version. Yeah. of it. yes, you're right. So <laughs> they're like, "Who gives a shit about the collectors?" <laughs> oh man. Yeah, there you go. You got um, Buckethead Barney in here. Does does Grogu wield the the dark saber? See, I mean, that thing's fucking huge. He'd have to wield it with the force, yeah. but that that would be kind of cool looking to, to to see him using the force to wield it. Um, I don't, I'm really, I mean, I wasn't even remotely thinking what Nick was thinking, but I love it. I think that's a fantastic idea because you're right. It's been nothing but the bane of their existence, Mm -hmm. whether, even though they look at it as this, this holy relic, it, it, it's a fucking curse. It's a fucking curse. Mm -hmm. So I, I love that idea. All right. Um, next prediction, Moff Gideon leading crew of former Mandalorians in battle against Din and Bo's forces. So Kind of uh, a little spinoff of what I said earlier. You know, we, we've heard rumors that Gideon's going to get a new kit. It's going to be Mandalorian-esque. We saw those red guards. Remember, we showed you the image, and we all were like, you know what? Those fucking helmets look pretty goddamn similar to Mandalorian helmets, especially in the eye slits. Look at the armor. Make those comparisons. So I, I could see him, and the reason why he is like still all into the Mandalorian culture and needs his own armor is because he he still has some of his former compatriots from when he was ISB. And, you know, could could the armor be revealed as a double agent? I don't know. I think it's unlikely, but I'll definitely take the win if it happens. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do think once the Mandalorians get over their shit, there is going to be a big battle against a big bad, and that big bad to me is going to be Gideon, maybe a few of these other moths, but I think Gideon... And those Praetorian guards will be former Mandalorians. 
I'm not saying Gideon is, but the people he will be working with, fighting with, will be former Mandos, which means he's not going to be such a pushover when this fight happens. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that that's a good call. I mean, we already knew that he had some sort of connection or like has wanted to have a connection to Mandalorian society. He's like a wannabe. He's a a wannabe something. For a while. And the fact that there are Mandos that are out there that would probably be willing to ally with him, if only to help with their conquest, like to do again what Mandalorians have been doing for centuries, a conquest against their own people, they would they would almost look at at, at uh, Gideon as like, hey, if we can just get this guy and his resources on our side, we can use him in the battle against our kin, and then when we win, we can just fucking you know be done with him, right? You know, just take care of him ourselves. Yeah, I, I just I, I've always looked at him as a wannabe, but there, there there's something going on there. I mean, if he, if he was ISB on the planet, which is canon, he was able to weird the, wield the dark saber with no effort. <laughs> So clearly his mind was clear. He was open to it. Unlike Din, who does, still doesn't, you know, know his ass from a hole in the ground. But yeah, there's something with Gideon in the, in the Mandalorians. And, you know, we still have the old uh, force DNA subplot with that guy, too. I think Gideon could give us some, a few eye-opening or, or, or revealing moments this season, if anything else. Yeah. Okay. Grogu's Jedi Temple Savior revealed to be dot dot dot. I don't know, man. I, I kind of hedged on this. Yeah. I guess my prediction is we're going to at least get the Savior, but I'm too big of a puss to put a name go to out it. on a limb and, and put a name to it. I, I just, nothing really makes sense yeah. to me. I mean, uh, 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 Barris makes no sense. She should have been in fucking yeah, I was jail. Like Barris was, Mace Windu makes, makes no sense. He should be flattened. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's the thing is like of the Jedi that we know, none of them really make sense, you know? And like Jocasta new maybe. Yeah. I mean, I mean the librarian hide now. Like the- that's, and the thing is, is like Jocasta new has been out there for a lot of, theories like i remember when when yeah, she snoke, was snoke yeah, at let's one say point when snoke time, was revealed everybody was like that's jocasta new and like we don't even i mean like we don't know if she's alive or dead um yeah i mean like the thing is is none of the jedi that we know by name make any sense to be his savior like that that's where i'm, I'm like mind fucked yeah. on that i i can't get beyond it so but it also but do, not, would they would they go with a no-namer would they go with a no-namer it though? also it it may not be a Jedi. I mean, I think that the, that the closest that we got in in terms of stuff that makes sense is it was somehow the batch. Like, but we know we know it's not the batch because we've seen what Damn. happened to them during they're, that. They're off. Yeah, world. like during that time yeah. period. So, I mean, who who else was a non Jedi that was? Are there any are there any droids that would stand out that you could think of that could I mean that could do what we saw? I mean, here's the thing is that we know he was taken by it, it almost seems like he was taken by bad people. He was he was kidnapped because from the scene that we saw, from the vision that we saw in the trailer, there were Jedi protecting him. You could see Jedi like and this is the second instance, because you yeah, remember in Book of Boba when we get the first flashback. There's already a line of Jedi protecting him that fall, and you see the 501st running towards him. You don't know if they're actually pointing at him, but yeah. when, when we see his perspective, you, you're made to feel like, uh-oh, they're, they're coming right for him. But then, as you said, 
we have this new trailer this, and it looks like another wall of fucking yeah. Jedi are there protecting him and someone's coming through They're the coming door. coming through the door. Is that someone that the savior or is that someone, the chosen one who's looking at the yeah. hack shit in pieces? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it wouldn't surprise me, man. It's just so hard to try to track his journey. Cause there's so much Quinlan time. Voss. I mean, remember he was early uh, Jedi railroad, but that literally we're, we're talking his save is order 66 night. Yeah. And, and the thing, so what was, it, was Quinlan there? And the thing is, Bail is one I've thought buckethead Barney. I, I have thought Bail or could be, a, but it's not a save. He shows up late. Yeah. You remember Bail shows up late after they're, they're already yeah. cleaned house and yeah. they're, they're shooting jet out there on the, on the dock. So I think, so. I think that, the way that we have to think about it is it's not a save. Like they're not saving him. They're kidnapping him because you wouldn't be saving him from the Jedi that are protecting him. That's like, I think that's where the misconception comes in is like, we now know at least based off of this vision that we saw recently in the trailer that he was being protected by Jedi and that somebody is coming through this door to not save him, but to kidnap him. So we have to assume that he's being taken by Imperial forces, whether it be Imperial forces as in like a shitload of stormtroopers coming in or like clandestine Imperial forces who are taking him specifically because they already had this plan for using his DNA for cloning purposes. It's not a save. It's a kidnapping. So who kidnapped him? I don't it wasn't Anakin. There's no way he could have done it. In the time that he had to essentially, I mean, like, it would have been weird for him to to literally be in the temple wiping out all of the Jedi younglings and the, the you know, people there protecting them. Make this pit stop to, like, take this kid somewhere and then also get right. to Mustafar to fight Obi-Wan. I mean, it, it, it technically could happen, could. but I think they would they would almost have to give us some backstory then where Palpatine specifically said, hey... When you see Grogu, you are not to kill yeah, him. Yeah, I mean... Because, I mean, for what we know, at least canon-wise on Order 66, he said, kill them all, motherfucker, and let God sort yeah, them I out. Yeah, I mean, literally, so they were... Why would Anakin spare that, the, yeah. the, the, the one that could have the most potential to be a, yeah. a force badass? I mean, it, 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 it was... It, yeah, it was, it was indiscriminate. It was just fire on whoever you see move in this temple. So, right. to me, it's like a special detachment of either elite clone troopers that were going to get him or somebody that is like that the emperor specifically yeah like pegged like for said the, you need to do you this. go and get yeah. this guy see i i can get behind that especially we know how palpatine is a fan of the long game and we know that he loves to hide shit from his direct reports so you know i could see palpatine grabbing this special force and be like hey I just sent dickhead over there to go slaughter everyone, but I need you to get this little guy out of there first uh, because we're going to do some experiments. And it it makes sense. He definitely was thinking about clone experiments back then because we've seen that in the Bad Batch with what they did with Nala Say and what's going on at Mount Tantus. I mean, Bats Um, bats in the chat like lobbying for Anakin. I mean, timeline-wise, it could work out. I mean, we didn't see half of what happened in that it, it would be a mind fuck for people yeah. because you know there are memes about how anakin kills kids so now he's saving babies but so that's where it gets a little squirrely unless we get which i highly doubt in this series you get a little sidebar where you know palpatine shows up on a hollow just as anakin's ready to fucking start whacking he's like no uh, lord vader 
you save this one for me, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what know. we would need. But yeah, I mean, I think at this point, it's clear that it's not a rescue. Like that does make sense. You are you Nick's fucking killing it today. His <laughs> his his potentially last Tuesday midday show. This guy is really fucking all star in it. Hey. Got it. It's, uh, I like all it. this. I, you, I mean, it makes complete sense. You're yeah. right. Like, wh- why would they be so protective of this guy if it was someone coming to rescue him through the doors? Yeah, <laughs> not, it's like literally we see like a bomb, like not a bomb, but like one of those like door yeah, look, splitters going a, down the door. Exactly. Like, exactly. With Jedi they're, standing they're there, and they're like, that motherfucker. And, and like for the longest time, we were like, they're going to rescue him without realizing that he's already being guarded. <laughs> like. There's there's yeah. literally four Jedi that we can see lightsabers ignited standing yeah, I mean, and flanking him. It's either that or we we just keep poking holes in the Star Wars that many people don't think about. I was thinking about one here, you know, like, oh, Mandalorians, all their armor and gear are to, you know, combat Jedi powers. I'm like, well, why couldn't a Jedi just crush their body? Yeah, beneath I mean, their like, that's one thing is like the, the force in Star Wars is such a like it can be used <laughs> in ways that clearly they're just like avoiding because yeah we've seen jedi literally like pick up people and choke them to death or not jedi but force users like pick up people and choke them to death and i guess that like what stops jedi from doing that is you're not really supposed to use the force to to like yeah, to hurt somebody to right. injure somebody sith could do yeah, it sith, then sith would yeah do it. i mean sith could do it for sure like they would they would literally just walk up to a mandalorian and be like oh look at all that shiny armor and force choke him to death yeah like it, it would i, I know I, I know the force can't bend beskar that's fine but it can fucking bend meat and bones yeah, like you could just crush so their body you, you could turn them into a raisin and they would just fall out of their armor and their armor would just like lay down just like obi-wan did yeah, in the new hope and, and like you could also like if you had the ability to use force lightning like the fucking emperor does you just shoot a shitload of li- cook because that cook them in their that's fucking what armor the, the whole like device Sabine's was that weapon Sabine was built. yeah yeah was just a lightning it essentially gun. was a big tesla coil yeah. that would fucking melt them in beskar yeah, so it would keep the beskar but it would cook the fucking flesh yeah, so I. Oh well, you know. Again, it's just your reminder. That's a wholesome poke. Don't get too upset about Star Wars and <laughs> and this and that and bad guys always lose. It's just if you really start thinking about it and bringing real life into it, there's a lot of fucking weird shit. Okay, uh, I think we got a few more to uh, get through here. Grogu's Sabine's mom will show up. I would like to see that. You know, I if we're getting into Mandalorian culture and we're going to Mandalore and Bo-Katan, she was with Bo-Katan. She's mm-hmm. a night owl. Mm-hmm. It'd be a nice touch. Nice through line. The rebels agree. Mandos will ultimately unite under Din and Bo to rise against Gideon and the remnant. I think that that's a good, uh, see like Gideon and the, like, yeah, I think that's a good guess. Because it, that is the most straightforward path towards the end of this season. Um, is like, I mean, it, it, it's essentially the MCU thing where it's like, yeah, we have the immediate enemy in front of us, which in each of the MCU movies was somebody different. But then once you deal with that immediate enemy and Gideon, then the big bad shows up and that's Thrawn. And then that brings in... Yeah. The, the perfect segue into the Ahsoka series. Um, so maybe that's how they do it is they literally pull an MCU and be like, yeah, Gideon is dead and handled now, but 
Now we have a huge like galaxy wide threat. This is like we're not dealing with like planetary threats anymore. We're dealing with a threat to the entire system. Galaxy. Yeah. yeah. I um I do believe Jean Carlo has hell, he's the first one that revealed that this show is even gonna have four seasons. Yeah. So I don't I don't know if 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 Gideon dies in season three, but I, I do think there's gonna be a a, a, an actual battle there really hasn't been a true battle between Gideon and his ideology versus Din and his kind's ideology there's been little skirmishes here and there but there there hasn't been a true kind of come to a a come to tar moment yeah. between these two yeah uh, and you know Nick Nick T's in the next one Thrawn Stinger for Ahsoka series tease yeah I mean I think kind of kind of like we got with Book of Boba Fett I think we, we talked about this last week it just makes sense. Uh, we've they've done a stinger now in in Book of Bo- or Mando season two and Book of Boba Fett. It seems to kind of be the thing. They did a stinger in Andor, so they they really are embracing the MCU narrative delivery style at this point. And it just makes sense. Ahsoka being next. Thrawn's already been thrown out there. Let's get the fucking the tease tease, which I still don't think is you see his face or anything. Uh, but maybe you, you get to see the white boots or, you know, the, the the camera pans up and stops right before it hits the head, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that there's four. I think that's a that's almost a guarantee, I would say. I would put it that way. That's almost a guarantee. All right. Well, there you go. That was what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Twelve take-it-to-the-bank predictions from the SWTS. Hopefully you kept the list. If not, no one's really going to care. <laughs> But you know, you know, I'll remember this type oh, yeah. of shit, and and if these things come true, you know, I'll be sitting here cheerleading for Nick and myself. When we're right, as if it's real yeah, life. When we're right. yeah, well, we never admit when we're wrong. We but we definitely celebrate and go over the top when we're right. Okay, let's go ahead and kick into uh, our next little Mandalorian topic, and this one moves beyond season three into season four because, like I said, John's been out there and he's been opening up his mind to Star Wars fans. So he, he kind of, they asked him about, hey man, did, do you kind of know where all this shit's going? We know you, seasons four is written. We learned about that last week. So is that it? Is season four it? And he's, he's pretty much like, nah, I don't, I don't even really have a true end game in mind for Mando yet. So here's what he said. He said, no, I don't. I think the beauty of this is that it's a middle chapter of a larger story. So he could be saying there's going to be eight seasons of The Mandalorian, or he could be saying there's going to be eight shows within the Mandoverse, or eight seasons of shows within the Mandoverse. Who knows, but just know that season four of Mando is far from the end of these stories. He went on to say, and though, we, we, and though we'll have resolution over time with these characters, I think that how these characters fit into the larger scope and scale, but it's not like there's a finale that we're building to that I have in mind. Quite the contrary. I love for these stories to go on and on. So do we. And so these characters potentially could be with us for a while. And I really love telling stories in their voice. And I love the way the adventures unfold. And I'm looking forward to doing much more. So Nick, I'll kind of posit this to you and see what you think. Do you do you look at that statement as fucking a? That's awesome. I love that things are open ended and and it, it, it's malleable. 
and these stories are going to keep going as long as we're here to receive them? Or do you look at that as like, oh shit, this show could end up like Lost, where it's fantastic, but because they did not have an end game in mind, it fizzles out and ultimately the finale is yeah, forgettable. Yeah, I mean, I talked about this a long time ago. Um, I talked about this, I think, even going into season two. The title of The Mandalorian, as we know it right now, applies to Din. He is the Mandalorian. He's known that throughout the galaxy. Oh, I know where I, you're going. Yeah. I know where so, he's going. In my opinion, if you want the show to just be like he mentioned, kind of open-ended, there is no end in mind, then what you should do with it is make the title of The Mandalorian, like the title of the show, more all-encompassing. Um, because Mandalorians have been main characters in Star Wars stories and in the Star Wars universe for huge amounts of time. I mean, thousands and thousands of years going back in memoriam until, you know, the time when Mandalorians first made their entrance into the galaxy. They've always been major players. Um, if you want this show to persist into, uh, you know, into time immemorial, like in memoriam, as long as you want to tell it, then you have to make the title itself be more all encompassing than just we are following Din who was known as the Mandalorian for the first year of his, you know, time with us because he wouldn't take his helmet off and he wouldn't tell anybody his real name. I feel like if that's the road that you want to take, then you start to make it all, I don't want to call call it like an anthology series, but you almost have to make it a show about Mandalorians in general or Mandalorians and their, their journey through um, rebuilding their culture and rebuilding their society more than just it's a show about a guy who's called Mando. Um, because I think the problem is, is that he's human and he ages. So we're, we're looking at right now we're seven years post. Uh, I mean, at this point we're nine to 10. Well, how we're probably yeah, close we're nine to nine to 10 yeah. years now that we know that that it's two yeah, years like beyond. post uh Boba, yeah post um you know post ROTJ Jedi so we still have 20 years 20 plus years until we get to the sequel timeline and if they can yeah oh, like easy, and if yeah. they choose to continue to tell stories about this that stretch into that timeline you're getting into an area i mean din's what probably 30 like you would say like early 30s yeah, I would say his yeah mid thirties. Yeah, so like sure. that would put him fifty five, nearly sixty years old. Actually, no, no, probably in his in his forties, like Boba, because I would say him and Boba are close to the yeah, same age. I mean that kind of because didn't 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 yeah, look so about like, ten. Yeah, in he was around flashbacks. ten years. So, so he's in his forties. If you add twenty more years onto yeah. his time, like you know, onto his story, he's in his sixties mid sixties by the time we get to the sequel trilogy and if they do truly plan to tell stories that long, then like you're getting into an area where like the character has aged to a point to where, yeah, it's like, what, what can you do with him? And then it's also, you also have to like, keep in mind, like, what are you going to do with Grogu as well? Because Grogu doesn't age at the same time. Like, he becomes yeah, the Mandalorian. I mean, I mean, but maybe that's the maybe that's the play is like like I was saying, is like have somebody else take up that moniker or like have the the title of the show be a little bit more open ended and not just like Din is the Mandalorian. Um, I would like that to happen because I think that 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 there's so much interesting stuff 
to follow with Mandalorian culture and society and stuff like that, that like limiting yourself to one character that may or may not be involved in the rebuilding of Mandalorian culture could get, I mean, like it could just, it could diverge from what you expect the show to be about. So. And that's the other thing. Like who knows if he's specifically talking about Mando or if he's talking about the Mando verse. True. You know what I mean? Like is, is he saying Mando season four is halfway of just the Mandalorian or is it halfway of the stories he's telling through Ahsoka, Book of Boba, Skeleton Crew, and the Mandalorian? Uh, You don't know. And Trevor asks, is the title is not, I don't believe the show is called the Mandalorian. Mandalorian Mandalorian. is not plural in itself. Like it, it is Mandalorians. Mandalorians is the plural of, yeah. With an S. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, I see what you're getting at. There you go, Nick. They'll just they'll just slap an S on the end. Dude, and be honestly, like, the if, they, if, they, if they did a title, like if they did like a stinger title change at the end of season four, where it's just like you have like the like a like a slow dissolve of the title into, and then it adds an S at the end, I would be totally fine with that. Um, especially if that's the direction that they want to take the show. Um, I mean, Nick, you got you understand, people, if you're new here, Nick has been pitching this since season one. He's like, listen, the, the title is ominous enough, The Mandalorian, that by season three, Din could be dead, and it, we're just following yeah, Bo-Katan, I, another Mandalorian. And so, you know, he, he's coming back full I, circle I do here. think that would be an interesting I don't know. I mean, l- listen. It, but I don't know what their plans are. <laughs> but it seems like they don't have plans. I, I'm a star... <laughs> that that's yeah. why I asked it that way, because I think that there's some people that probably look at that and they go, Oh, I don't know. I don't necessarily love the idea that John doesn't have an end for this era and these characters. And he is just going to kind of go year to year to year to year. I guess me personally, I, I am a, a, a glutton for star Wars, anything. So have at it. If you want to make the Mandalorian season 30, I'll be watching it on Wednesday mornings before my job. Um, but I, I do understand those that have narrative concerns without an end, a true end game in mind for the characters. Yeah. Uh, Cause they, they do more or less need to, they need resolution because th- these characters are being positioned in a way that you're like, well, how the fuck did you guys allow the first order on your watch to become the power they became? You had a fucking Grogu. You you technically may have had Mandalorian society back together as the Spartans of the Star Wars galaxy, and you still let these fuckers build up in deep space and come in and in one fell swoop essentially blow up the New Republic. Yeah. Um, so there there needs to be resolution that way, at least in my head. I I just don't know how heroes sit uh, idly by why all this stuff happens. I know that's the big beef with Luke Skywalker in, in the sequels. Um, but I, I understood his self exile because both of his masters did the same fucking thing. When Obi-Wan and Yoda realized that they failed, what did they do? They didn't monitor the galaxy and figure out how they could fight back. They fucking went into hiding and relied on the next generation to fix their problems. So that's exactly what Luke did. He did exactly what his masters told him. I wasn't a huge fan of, of angry Luke, sad Luke, but it really wasn't that big of a stretch for the character. Anyways, I don't want to go down that <laughs> fucking rabbit hole. So I, I like this either way. The fact that Favreau's still geeked up and, and, and 
committed to doing this until Disney tells him to go fuck himself. I'm I in. mean, I I'm think down. at this point too, like he has like Favreau has a legitimate angle to be like, Hey, include me in the movie verse when I want to be there because yeah, that's <laughs> what he's essentially been building up to this whole time. Like, you know, he's been building up to this massive MCU style, like in game, like infinity war in game, like clash of, of heroes and villains. Um, we just haven't had the villain introduced yet. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. Well, Bat's asking, will we ever see live action Battle of Jakku? Not in the Mandaverse because it already happened. I believe the battle, yeah, the the Battle of Jakku took place like three or four years after the Battle of Endor. It was pretty soon after the the Battle of Endor. So, Um, I mean, soon in a galactic sense, not like two weeks later. But it was, that was essentially, the Battle of Jakku was the final battle that really stamped out the Empire. The true end. And that's when the Empire became the remnant empire. Um, after that, they, their numbers were so small and their forces were so scattered that they couldn't maintain control. Yeah, I, I doesn't, doesn't battlefront Two loosely yeah, battlefront deal with two that does right? address the battle of Jakku. Cause it was like it, I yeah. think it like you, you, you went to the active. Wasn't Iden's dad, like the, wasn't Iden's dad, like gen- one of the yeah. admirals that was, yeah. was there. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, check that out, Bat. Um, Operation Cinder stuff. That the Jack who was, as Nick said, kind of the the tail end of of the Empire trying to to claw its way back after losing their their leaders, the Sith and the Death Star too. Good stuff. All right, I love it. This is why I try to tell my students, like when 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 you're teaching online, if the students actually interact and and comment and stuff, you never know where the discussion will go and what type of clarity sure. will be achieved. Sure. Uh, we got Dr. Awesome in here. I wonder if games like the upcoming Bounty Hunter game will fill any gaps I mean, in the in, timeline. In terms of... Um, if, it's, if that's a real game, yeah, yeah I mean, sure, we've seen not? leaks of that. We don't know if that's real or if that's, like, something that was, like, pre-dev work or pre-alpha work that got shit on and canceled. I mean, we do know that the games themselves that ha- like that do tell stories are considered canon. I mean, obviously, Jedi... Yeah. Jedi First yeah. Order, or, you know... Would have fallen fallen order. Yeah, that'd be nice. I mean, it, it, I, I'm assuming Doctor Awesome is Mando talking first. about the the yeah. Ubisoft the Ubisoft massive yeah. project. It could, uh, which details are, are quite light. I, I don't know if it's a bounty hunter or Jedi or I, just a regular person. I will yeah, say sure. that generally, when there is story told in video games, it's not going to be super connective tissue because Co- correct. Yeah, correct. because like. Multimedia does not look at video games as a mass way of, 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 of like telling story and connective tissue because not enough people play them. So like if there is key plot details that they're trying to get across in terms of like the, the period of time between the Mandoverse and the sequel trilogy, if it's key and it's important, more than likely it's going to be in TV show or movie form. And then video games will get ancillary storylines and stuff like that. Or, or they'll just put it in the book yeah, of Boba Fett. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> but I, I, I'm, I'm sure there will be stories that bridge gaps, like we were talking about with the Battlefront 2 uh, campaign that covered the Battle of Jakku, Operation Cinder, and all that stuff. But all of that that was told in that campaign is not connective tissue or necessary for you to understand how we got from 
A yeah, to B. It, it it gives you nice yeah. moments though, like in season two when when Mayfeld just out of nowhere is, drops yeah. Operation Cinder. Like that that's the stuff I live for. So yeah, I mean, in the end, just give Nick and I a fucking game studio, give us some cash, and we will make Hogwarts Legacy Star yeah. Wars version. <laughs> I mean, that's all we need. I'm telling you right now, that's all any Star Wars fan needs is that exact fucking game, but yeah. Star Wars. It's it, That game is perfect for anyone that wants to feel what it was like to live in, in the, in the uh, Hogwarts universe. It's, I mean, Nick would, he could speak even better to it because he, he's a, a Potter fanboy, but I would imagine if you were a fanboy, this game is giving you everything you've ever oh. wanted in a, in a Potterverse I mean, style video I game, mean, correct? So much so that like Taylor has picked up and played a video game for the first time, like, you know, in her life. Yeah. Like she's like, it, like, I don't know if you've seen like TikTok videos or some or anything like that of like, like, you know boyfriends showing their girlfriends how to like use a controller for the first time and like that like not being able to figure out how to position your camera when you're walking like that's what you know taylor is like learning how to do all of that because <laughs> it's like me teaching charlie like no the left stick moves camera yeah, right left, or left, stick, left moves stick moves you. person yeah, right so moves like, camera so i mean that game really did <laughs> achieve yeah. like that that goal me and mom were talking about avocado Avocados. Oh, yeah? You're yeah. talking about avocados? What about? Because tonight's taco night and we got to get... Oh, Taco, taco Tuesday. Tuesday. I bet you're <laughs> you're happy. Reminder, we got leftover rice and beans to use so we don't waste food here. It's the biggest fucking sin on the planet. Is anyone else like a an insane food Nazi Yeah, we, like we typically don't. Like, we'll eat all of our leftovers and we don't really... Like, food waste to me is the, one of the biggest human sins you can commit. Um, especially if you had the means to eat regularly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I just, I don't know why. I, I think it's some of it's trauma and being forced to sit at the fucking table as a little kid for hours because I didn't want to eat something shitty, but others just like, I mean, you, you, you know what oh, the yeah. world's like outside of your bubble or I hope people do. There's a lot of motherfuckers that can't eat and it kills me when I'm, I'm dumping like, $50 dinners into a fucking trash can. I, I it just bothers me unlike no, yeah, we, anything we, else. We, we don't do uh, littering littering is like a close second on my list of things that I want to stab humans over, but f- wasting food is number yeah. one. Can't stand it. Like I, I'm, I'm getting angry just thinking that we may waste some <laughs> rice right now, but I'll, I'll get over it. All right. So let's, let's move on. But you know what I mean, man, this is just someone out there. Warner brothers, get the fucking license. Use the same team. Change just I don't even give a shit. Use all the same voices. Just change yeah. the skin in, in the world and I'll be hey, happy. I hope so. Like, come on. I just I any anytime I'm playing Harry Potter, and even last night when I'm when I, I, I Hogwarts, it's not Harry Potter. It, and I'm sitting there and I'm combing fucking beasts. I'm just going, This could yeah, be a blurg. <laughs> I could be on on Arvala 7 and, and fucking Kuil's farm hanging out feeding my blurg and I would be the happiest motherfucker on the planet. That's all we want. That's all we want. We don't need new gimmicks. We don't need flashy shit. We don't need combat systems that resemble medieval knights. We just want a game to where we can feel like we are in star Wars and we're looking at stuff. We've always dreamed that we could look at if we were in the star Wars universe while watching it. Why is it that hard? 
They've never done it. I mean, the closest they got is is Kotor. That really was. But he, he even then didn't have like all the all the minutia and, and nuance that this Hogwarts has. I mean, Christ. So I mean, give us the fucking money. Yeah, we'll get we'll it hire done. The people, we'll run the. <laughs> we'll we'll do all of the work for you. Damn straight. All right, dude. It's time to move into the fan segment. We do it every week. One of the only Star Wars podcasts out there to dedicate a segment to their fans, at least the tens of them that show up on Tuesdays. Uh, so the way to get involved, we have we have two prongs to the fan segment. We got the question of the week, which uh, the prompt drops on Instagram at Star Wars Time Show on Tuesdays. It'll be in our stories. It'll be on the post grid. Maybe you never know. Sometimes I forget. All you got to do is hopefully find it. That means you got to keep liking our content so the algo knows you dig us and respond. And we'll we'll grab some comments and we will read them. And then the next we'll tease you. It's about Star Wars art. But for <laughs> now, let's get into the question of the week. We're also got uh, we got to announce the winner of our giveaway to see if that's even a real giveaway, because the guy that set it up has I haven't heard from him in two weeks, but we'll see. We picked the winner. We got, we got a winner. So, we'll see so where it goes, once but the winner is announced. That, that, that's coming up, that's coming up to, for the second part of the fan segment. So let me go ahead and get our squeens. squeens. Get those oh squeens ready. squeens. Let's get the squeens switched <laughs> around. For uh, the question of the week. This week's question, obviously sticking with the theme, we're in Bad Batch. So I just asked the fans out there, what was your favorite or least favorite part from Bad Batch S2E10? the mining one <laughs> and it doesn't look like we had many responses we, at all two, which i kind two of anticipated. total responses on the post itself and then you got the one in there from the stories yeah my the, the story post here from fallen jedi aka lord of thane we never miss i guess it's a, a, a yeah it's a quote from yeah. Wrecker, i believe on when the they're bridge. On, yeah, on the bridge, on the, so closing it, and then right. the uh, and then Nick, the, 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 the two comments. <laughs> first one up is from at Lima Four Photos on uh, Instagram. We always love Lima. Uh, he says, "I love that this episode gave a concrete example of what was being said in Nemec's manifesto. Tyranny requires constant effort. It breaks. It leaks. Authority is brittle. It doesn't matter if the Empire or I within a small guy. gang. Uh, in this case, it didn't even matter." That such tyranny was over just a bunch of scared, hungry kids that were just desperate to survive. Um, that's actually a fantastic tie back to Nemec's little, uh, you know, manifesto. Yeah, no, I mean, Lima is one of the most well thought out Star Wars time show commenters Definitely. out there. This guy is, uh, he's one of our biggest cheerleaders. I mean, obviously he's up there with our boy Bat. Bat's on that list. Nova's on that list. Sir Dork. Yeah. Uh, this Dr. new guy, awesome. I mean, Barney's, well. Barney's become a, a, a big cheerleader. I'm oh, talking on Instagram. like Instagram, just regurgitating our content. But this one dude, I don't even know if he listens live, but this Michael Mansell, like if we had a budget, I I, I would pay him for marketing <laughs> at this point. I mean, this, this dude, he he's doing what I've been asking fans to do since the dawn of time. Just if you see our content pop up, restore it, drop a little, you know, sticker on it, something like that. That's, That's it. Michael Mansell. You're a fan of the week, right behind Look Lima that. Four photos. Look at that. But uh, good <laughs> stuff from Lima. And then our final comment uh, from Bat at two seven nine seven underscore Studios on on Instagram says, "As fluff filled as this episode may have been, there were a few redeeming moments. Tech and Omega continuing to bond. Tech reminding Omega to look for the good in people. Always been a recurring theme in Star Wars. 
We also got the return of Gonky. We know he's been out there, but homie got some screen time finally and saved the Marauder for the batch. So there was a little bit of meat on the bones for, of this episode. I'm glad that, that little yeah, is the key word. Uh, I'm glad that that you found the the meat that was tucked behind the fat uh, in there. <laughs> that <laughs> I I would argue that that bad or two seven nine seven should have capitalized little yeah, versus was. Little. You know what I mean to to really little, emphasize the little the littlest. Hey, I'm having, I'm having fun. Like I said, you're never going to get me all like angry at the bad batch. Like I'm not going to say, oh, this shit sucks. I'm done. But man, last week was basic. Okay. So that's it for <laughs> question of the week. And, and as Bat said, I'm going to be torn next week. No, it, it's pretty clear. I'm shifting to Mandalorian questions for the remainder of the season. I might spice things up if there was like a juicy nugget in a bad batch, but uh, Nick, I think I'm I'm shifting to what was your favorite or least favorite part from the Mandalorian? Fill in the episode number. Oh, I I think we'll get a little more reaction from Mando talk than than bad. Yeah, batch, I think sadly. so. I think so. Uh. <laughs> All right, so now we transition back to the final prong of the fan segment and that is our top five star wars fan artist features of the do we want to do week? our winner before so we get into top five yeah yeah sure sure you're right so um you know two weeks ago we we launched a giveaway it was for the uh sh figure arts book of boba fett figure good looking figure i got the post pulled up now so today i finally ran it through this free tool fuck it it worked it did something it picked somebody it's good enough. It's called iWask. It was pretty cool. I just put the post link in it. It's like, okay, you had 250 comments. Blah, 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 and it spit out the winner. So here we go. Okay. Are we ready? I'm going to do a slow scroll up. Congratulations. Here are the winner. It is at Calro underscore Debro. Calro Debro, congratulations. You may have won a figure. Uh, I say may because I got to follow up with Nindin Game to see if we got scammed or not. But hopefully yeah, we I did think it. I think they'll be there. Once you send the name and get the contact information yeah. from him, then should be good to go. So uh, Calro Debro, uh, I'm assuming you're someone that doesn't listen to the show, which is okay. That wasn't a requirement to win. Uh, but we'll all be reaching out through Instagram here this week to to hopefully finalize that. So thanks to those that played. Fingers crossed that this is real and we didn't get duped. Uh, but in the end, Calro underscore Debro is our winner. That's just how it is, my friends. It, our, our diehards never seem to come out on top in our once-a-year giveaways that we've been doing the past <laughs> two years. <laughs> Anyway, congratulations. I really I, I should just get to the point. I should just get to the point where I, I give away all these fucking boxes of black series that I mean some have I think Bodie Rook has been in his box unopened for a year and a half maybe, now, two years. Is that a sign, Nick? Is that a sign that maybe away. just to get rid <laughs> yeah. of it? Okay. All right. So here we go. Into the top five. The way this works, every week we need you when you were sharing your star Wars content of any kind, if you think it's artistic, we may too. So make sure to use ad tag at star Wars time show, and then use hashtag star Wars time show. So we can see your shots every morning. I will look through the tags. Uh, oh, this is when it all starts coming out because of the air <laughs> I've been inhaling throughout this stupid show. 
But like I said, I'll be looking through the tags, the hashtags. I'll share some of my favorite shots every day, usually at least three, sometimes eight, sometimes 12. You never know. And then on Monday, Nick sits down, gets himself a little pipe, maybe some whiskey, sits out there in the, the warm Austin air, and he chooses his five favorite out of the most recent features on our page. And that is who we are about to honor. That's right. Right now. So first up for this week's top five is a very recent feature. I believe you featured this yesterday. This is from. Yeah. I was like, this is either yeah, this morning this or yesterday. So good. K yeah. underscore living and art on Instagram. It's the first time feature here. And this is a literal cut, like, Pencil, hand-drawn image. Yeah, man. Some motherfucking of, colored of, pencils, of dude. Our, our, well, formerly our good friend, <laughs> Cody. Um, and, I mean, it's just incredible detail. You can see, I mean, like the way that the picture is posted on Instagram is that you can literally see the notebook that it was drawn on. You can see the pencils that he used. And it, it is such a detailed rendering in by hand of, of, of Cody that, like, it's actually hard to believe that he did this all with colored pencils and his own fingers or their own fingers. I mean, it's yeah, amazing. Yeah, man. It's these real yeah. ass painters, her, her, dude. Her. I mean, where, where is our real ass painter? Yeah. Her, her own yeah, her, uh, okay. work. Kirsten. Sorry. Uh, Sorry about that. Sorry Kirsten about that. From K. Germany, it seems. Um, so. where, where the hell is our real ass painter? Where, where, where the hell are the, 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 the dudes? We're super scoundrel and Justin. I thought they'd be in here today popping off about. Their premiere. Maybe that. Maybe they're playing with their other podcast uh, friends. They they've they've left us for punch it with Chewy Presser. It's my party to the red car. I see everything, people. (laughs) I see everything, motherfuckers. You guys, I'm a petty ass little cunt. I see what you you people do. I see the other the other podcasts you all rep. (laughs) Where you at? Let's go. It's Star Wars time. There's always time. Let's do it. But yeah, no, that I means shit, man. Yeah, that no, shit's uh, fucking kick ass. Like, how, how do you do that? Like, how do you get the weathering in there? And h- how do you even f- form a human shape using your yeah, fingers? I mean, and if I don't you get look it. at Kirsten's work on her Instagram, uh, again, K underscore living, L I V I N G A N D A R T, living and art. Uh, very Star Wars heavy in terms of what she draws. And it's all. All of it is just next level fantastic. And guess what? For for the Cara Dune fans out there, Cara Dune was uh, her second most recent or third most recent post. And it's a very good uh, drawing of, of Cara. I mean, you can see tons of famous Star Wars oh, characters yeah, I, on here. I mean, all of the bucket heads that you know and love. We got Bo. We got Boba. We got Django. We got Din. We got them all. Holy shit. Yeah. Check and this and out. I mean, like even going to like a close up of Grievous's eye, if you scroll down a bit, which is just wildly impressive. Uh, so please, if you enjoy, um, you know, hand drawn art, stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, she's like damn near photorealistic yeah. portraits is I what mean, we're talking just, about. If you're if you're not on the on the live stream, I mean, we're, holy shit, I'm not following. I'm gonna follow back right now. Let me let me fix that. I think some people think that I purposely want to keep like a low war following count. That that's not the case at all. Like, listen, th- this thing eats up enough of my life that I'm not going through and like, oh, they followed me. Let me follow yeah. back. So that's not that ain't, the, that's that not ain't the our, our <laughs> that's not our mantra. So, um, 
insane work at K. <laughs> look at Bat. Look at Bat. It, it's me is fun. You guys know I'm just fucking busting balls. Come uh, on, get over it. At K underscore living and art. Absolutely <laughs> uh, beautiful stuff there. Listen, you're never going to get a more open and honest dickhead on the internet than me. I can promise you that. That's why we're different. Very true. All right. We are authentic. <laughs> okay. There, there's no puppy dogs and ice cream over here and there's nothing there's we're not just full on clickbait negative either that's why we're different this shit's real all right all next right. up we have at brick panda 82 it's been a while since we had a brick panda feature here back man right where we, we just talk I, I think i was just talking I was like man I, I hopefully brick panda gets into another star wars swing and sure as shit yeah here coming he is. out with a big gun so we have uh, a lego trooper here is this a tank trooper is it Shore trooper. Shore trooper. Okay, yes. I I, I was like yep. helmet. It looks similar, but yes, you are right. We are on Scarif in this picture. In fact, because uh, you could see mm-hmm. in the background the Scarif spire. Uh, it's burning. With which, yes, that is <laughs> one burning, and two, that's what they use to transmit the Death Star plans across to the Ten T four. Uh, but this shore trooper here is is doing the cool guy thing and walking away from an explosion. Oh yeah, uh, gun raised high. Uh, and, and just slightly looking back towards it, uh, just because you know what, sometimes when you look back in explosion, it's still cool. Um, so, I mean, just awesome setup and, and, and beautiful work with the background put together here by at brick Panda 82. There you go. Dr. Awesome saying a huge inspiration for us Lego guys. I agree. I mean, I've, I've said it before. Brick Panda to me is, is the top, especially for. If you're in a almost like Lego portrait photography or, or uh, to me, Brick Panda, th- their style is very similar to animated Lego properties. Yeah. You know, like, like like Lego Star Wars. That That's literally what it looks like. But they are photos of Lego bricks. They're just so damn good at the post-processing and Photoshop that it just all looks natural, in-world, movie cell animation cell level quality i'm surprised you i I mean it's a great shot but i i personally was a bigger fan of his luke i don't know if you saw that one where uh, luke was forming his green maybe i missed that one but that yeah i mean that does hey that that that, that's the beauty of of the top five i mean i lay him down there and then nick picks his favorite but i uh if we jump out here to brick panda um, yeah, that Luke one right there. I don't know if you can see it, but it, it's the deleted scene from Return of the Jedi where he's in yeah. the cave with R2 um, forming the saber. It's just, it's fucking tits. Just yeah. tits. Incredible. Excellent. Incredible stuff. So anyway. Yeah, it's good stuff. I mean, yeah. Brick Panda, Tong Wars yeah. is another Lego stud. Uh, Milo studs. I don't know where uh, Ray went. The zero three zero seven, what, like the one that was all numbers. Yeah, that's uh, cause, right. Because they were also yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, very very good. Zero 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 three seven nine yeah. REI. I'll yeah. never forget so, that. You're right. Um, but yeah, incredible work at Brick Panda eighty two on this one. Next up uh, is at Paul Brown twelve, and I know that we had you. You're a Paul I was Brown. Say, super I know that fan. we had a Paul Brown not too long ago. I don't think it was last week, but I yeah. think it was week before. It was two weeks ago with the with the um, Sith yes. battle droid. Yes, very I true. But this shot that he put together here of of Maul is just incredible. Yeah. So what we see is is Maul fully cloaked and hooded in a black uh, robe. Uh, his his two his his sabers have been separated and they're both ignited and there's this really great lightning effect that's running up 
the blade of the uh, uh, of the saber. And uh, I mean, like the, 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 the background itself uh, in the middle of the of like this dead, dense forest and kind of sitting on this like raised mound of rock that is covered in snow. Uh, just incredible uh, detailing in, in this shot here from Paul Brown, 12. Another level. Yeah, I am. Um... I, I I'm digging, you know, Paul, he's kind of, it's, I don't know if he's in his dark period or what, but a lot of, a lot of the tone or the tones to his shots recently have been nice and dark where the light really accents the, the subject here. I like the chaos blade effect on the lightsabers and you know, Maul just kind of yeah chilling, looking, looking evil. I like, you know, the, the practicality of the set with the sticks getting, you know, getting some of the, the atmosphere peeling through the sticks. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's good stuff. Paul Brown definitely is becoming a regular yeah, up 100%. here. 100%. So good stuff at Paul Brown 12 on Instagram. Next up we have. Yeah. Bat saying, uh, there was a new, uh, black series revealed today and it's just more carbonized shit. It's just, I'm telling you everyone. It takes a while. It, it took me close to two years, but I, I, I think I'm fully free of Black Series, and it, it's better. Just, just, just get away. There, there's zero innovation in that line. It's just repaint after repaint, same figure after same figure. Save your money. Quit buying the armies and just start you know, upgrading the hot toys or customs. There you Enough go. said. Um, next up, at mad.like.a.clone. Before we get into this one, Nick, do, do you feel like Mad Like a Clone is almost channeling someone that used to be a a, a regular on this in this segment, Papa Palpatine? Uh, do Do you feel that style a bit? A bit. I mean, it is like they they typically. I mean, like the detailed diodes and yeah, environments I mean, it, and it whatnot. It is very similar to what we uh, used to see from Palpatine. Um, I do feel like. That, like Palpatine, if, if I'm, I, I mean, I really can't remember because it's been so long, but like, oh, I mean, he, yeah, he was no. one of the best and I don't really even see his stuff anymore because obviously the way algorithms work, it's not like we unfollowed him when he canceled us because of Gina Carano or whatever, but I don't really even see his work anymore. I'm assuming he's still going, but I, I just, from what I remember, and, this, this mad like a clone is channeling that yeah i mean it's it's definitely a similar style of like gritty photography like yeah yeah. very detailed and well laid out exactly really is what we're talking about i mean that's what you see here and you know what we see is the second sister making her way through a uh some sort of like you know like sand town you can see weathered walls kind of uh creating a, a walkway the walkway is just filled with different Imperial soldiers. You can also see a Jawa off there to the side. And it seems like this is, this is like a, a sweep almost like kind of what the, what the uh, inquisitors did on tattooing when they were there looking for, yeah. you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi or looking for a force user, a Jedi doing like shutting down a town and doing a full sweep of wherever they are. And it seems like that's what's happening here in this image. Um, and it, it is, it's just a fantastically detailed image by mad, like a clone. Uh, I don't know any other way to put it, it just, but just it, fantastic. Fantastic. It's, it's very well, well staged is, is what I'll say. And, and to me, that's probably the hardest thing about toy photography is your staging. What, what dial are you going to use? Are you going to use a dial? Are you going to use digital? Are you going to use a mix of practical and digital? And then 
your little subjects, the biggest dickheads on the planet. Are they going to stand the way you envision them to stand? How many times are they going to fall down and cause everyone to domino? How many times are you going to want to stab your own eyes out while you do this hobby? You never know. That's the joys that of toy is photography. True. That is true. So, uh, yeah, I mean, amazing work there by at mad like a clone. on. Oh, look who just popped up. Oh, my Young goodness. Liam, who shit is probably almost done with college at this point in time. No this longer little, young Liam. This, this, he's old Liam now. <laughs> yeah, he's he's definitely college Liam. But I mean, this kid, I mean, he's one of our early supporters and followers. And he probably shouldn't have been listening to yeah, us when he started. I think he was like 16 or 17 we were using at like that, that time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget the one time Savvy Art shared <laughs> like the top five and she had to put like three stories before it got to us. Like There's a warning. bad language in here. Bad language. <laughs> this, this content's a bit explicit, but they said nice things yeah, about so, my art. Uh, it's good to see uh, young Liam back. So welcome back to the, to the yeah, stream. It's man. always nice. Always um, nice. Uh, so yeah, it's good to see. Uh, last up in the top five this week is at Morpheus visions. And this is a, a fantastic little star Wars in the real world type of shot <laughs> of, Arcade, baby. Yes, like in an arcade with full black light posters all around the background and it's daddy. A, a real arcade. Like like we have to qualify for new generations, Nick, because their idea of arcades now are, are claw uh, machines and, and ticket games. I'm talking stand-up cabinets, pinball tables, change machines. Yeah, That's like a, a real, real arcade. ass arcade think, from like the 90s. Think this week's episode of yes. The Last of Us. Yes. That type so, of uh, good stuff there. And this is from so Morpheus Visions. What we see is Daddy Din with his helmet off, nonetheless, helmet off Din mm-hmm, mm-hmm, standing mm-hmm. over uh, little Grogu as he is not only. Well, you see where his helmet's say. off. You see why that's his helmet's off. Not though, only right? is he sitting on a stool, but he is sitting on top of <laughs> Daddy Din's helmet that is also on the stool, uh, leaning it. over and playing Dragon's Lair. The arcade cabinet for Dragon's Lair. And I mean, this shot in itself is just mind blowing because of the amount of setup and like the the, the staging and everything that Morpheus visions. It's all real too. Like those are real little arcade things. Like I I know they make miniature versions. I'm wondering if Morpheus, just a bunch of those or he's 3D printing and, you know, printing out the decals and putting lights in, but shit. It really does. I, I I mean, I don't want to get too much into The Last of Us because I'm sure Nick hasn't seen it, but l- let's just say it's a nod to the, yes, the, DLC, the DLC, like the prequel yes. DLC with, with Ellie and, and friend. Um, but it's funny that we're looking at the shot now because, I, you know, we have Pedro for, that's who he is, right? Din mm-hmm. Dejar in yeah. an arcade. It just it kind of lines up with, with, with this week. But yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know where an idea like this comes from, but I love it. You know, like where where do you sit down? Like, hey, I'm gonna grab my hot toys den and fuck it. I'm just gonna build a whole mini arcade and and shoot a scene with him and Grogu in it, like dad and son at the arcade on a Saturday mm-hmm. afternoon. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, but but I love it. I, I love the fucking imagination here, the creativity. It it's is fantastic. Really, really good stuff. Just incredible in terms of just the setup, the the posing, everything. Uh, very fun setup here from at Morpheus Visions. But yeah, I. I I need to find one of these. I know they exist. I think I even have one in town called like 16 bit, but I don't know if it actually has. Yeah, we have. I know in Tampa, 
there, there's like a fucking warehouse building you can go to. You're like, here, here's 10 bucks and all day you just play for free. But I need to find one because my childhood was defined by going to yeah. mall arcades. I mean, oh, yeah. Like that was the fucking thing to do on a Saturday. Mom, pick up the neighborhood kids, drop us off at Ross Park Mall in Pittsburgh, go to the arcade, fucking cash in five, ten dollars how much we could save. I got next. Put it right on the fucking cabinet. If someone's playing, oh, yeah. I got next. Winner stays, loser was, pays. Yeah, I mean, I did that a lot too. We have a, we have like a site. It's called uh, Cidercade uh, uh, over here in Austin, where it's essentially it's a, it's a, it's a full scale arcade, but there's a cider bar, like yeah, the barcade, a cider yeah. bar that gotcha. you can get drinks from. So now, Nick, is it? Did, uh, have they made them like scan card games or are they just all free to play they're, by I'm default? Pretty, yeah, they're, they're you know? all free to play. Cause it's like, like you said, I think it's like a $10 cover and then you just go in and you play until you want to leave. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. That, that's exactly what I would, I would love to do. I mean, I just, I love arcades. I, I mean, to this day, I'd say at least once a month, I'm taking my kid to either Dave and Buster's scene 75 or for the first time since I was a tot, I realized there's a Chuck E. Cheese like oh. a mile away from us. So we checked out Chuck E. Cheese on Saturday and holy shit, that is a, that's a place oh, these days. Yeah. <laughs> but no, even Chuck E. Cheese, they, they had a few traditional cabinets, but it, it's all the fucking ticket yeah, game yeah. stuff. Uh, good stuff though. Um, that's the end of the top five and, and that's the end of the show. Guess what? Next show will be uh, season or season three, episode one of Mandalorian. So I know, and and sadly, young Nick will not be here to break it down, but life comes at you fast. He's got to figure out his new schedule, so I I, I guess moving forward, here's what we're looking at. Next week, we're still going to have the usual Tuesday, 2.30p East YouTube live stream, okay? I'm probably going to reach out to one of the uh, co-hosts that have have worked the show with me before, so either uh, Jason, Trevor, or jared to see if anyone's available if not i'll probably have to sadly do it myself it just seems that in our in our star wars life nick and i we always (laughs) have these little conundrums where one of us isn't available for a major moment happening in star wars but like i said i'll be here next week hopefully with a special guest to break down like nick said s3e1 of the mandalorian and s2e11 of bad batch uh, but next week is more than likely going to be our last Tuesday afternoon show. Hopefully by the end of next week, Nick will have a, a better idea where we're at. But like I said, more than likely Tuesday evenings or, or Friday earlier in the day type of setup. Things, they are a changing here at the SWTS, but that's just kind of how we roll. We have, we have metamorphosized multiple times, started as a, a subcast of the Entertainment Buddha Network. Then we became our own deal, just doing you know multiple shows a week, audio only. During the pandemic is when we started the shift to Tuesday live streaming. So it's happened before. It's just been a while. But we ain't leaving. So make sure to follow us because there's always time for Star Wars time. You know what I mean? That's why we got StarWarsTime.net out there on the internet. Just paid the bills. It's up and running. Some days it works. Some days it doesn't. I'm just glad I'm at the point where I don't really give a shit anymore if it works or not. Cause I used to have issues with websites that I would create. And then I'd also have to maintain and troubleshoot. It sucked. 
But in all seriousness, StarWarsTime.net, best place to go. If you're new here and you want to find some other platforms to follow us on, such as Instagram, the dreaded Facebook, TikTok, Pinterest. Shit, I might as well remove that. I don't think anything's going on on Pinterest. But more importantly, the good stuff, the show, StarWarsTime.net. That's where you can get all the podcast links. That's where we need you. Even if you're a live streamer only, we want you to subscribe to a platform. Preferably iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, like the big ones, the ones where you can rate and review, because that type of stuff helps us immensely. Obviously, if you're a live streamer only, make sure you're subbed at a YouTube channel, which you can also do through StarWarsTime.net. And if you're here listening now, do the right thing. Like this stream. Even better, leave a comment. Even more better, share a clip with your friends and family. That's how this thing grows. Uh, the algo fucking hates us. It'll never come around unless you meatbags tell it so. And we're still fucking waiting. It's been many years at this point in time. What else can we possibly do? Okay? It's now on you. Or it's on us to realize that we suck and no one cares and we should just read the room and quit. But I don't see myself doing that anytime soon, at least till someone shoots me in the face. All right, my friends, we all know it. Make sure someone new learns it. And that, that there's always time for Star Wars time. And that if you listen to the Star Wars time show, the force will be with you, you, and you in the back. Always. Always.